What's up, man? What's, What's going on? Your neighbor is loving that truck right now. Yeah. Is that what that fucking noise is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely you tell I live in a small town. Oh, yeah. some redneck over Tuesday, here working on, on his Saturday. truck. So, all right. Well, what's up, motherfuckers? Doing that Tuesday thing on a Saturday instead. And we'll explain why as we unravel our 100th episode. Chris, can you believe it, man? Uh, it's getting there. It seems right. I don't feel like it's been that long, but it seems yeah, right. It is yeah, weird, like, though, to weird. say it, you know, that we're doing the 100th episode. It's just you think about the first ones we did. Like we were talking about with these in guys. In the bedroom. Earlier, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, so, so it's cool we're doing this. Got Joey Gormonger here for uh, the celebration, so Still good to have you, Joey. Still hasn't paid rent. Still no. hasn't paid rent. <laughs> He's been doing stuff around the house, though. Yeah, it's fine. there's yeah. that, there's that. A little pass in the vacuum and that sort of thing. We also have our friends here from the Black Crip Podcast here in the studio. We got Tucker, Alex, and Shannon. All three of you guys made it. That's awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. And, appreciate uh, shit. Thanks for coming out to Horns High, man. Absolutely. And it's, our, it's, it's honestly our honor to be here to celebrate your... 100th episode today. Awesome. Yeah, we appreciate you guys having us out here for sure. Yeah, thanks Very for making cool. the drive. Fucking... Yeah, despite the pandemic, man, you guys made it, man. Right. So that's, if that's I cool. get sick, I'm coming after each. Yeah, right. Every one of you. I wondered with your wife being so close to she, yeah. giving birth. So she's that's actually crazy. quarantined right now completely until, oh, wow. uh, until it comes. So yeah, I've been living basically in a separate part of the house for like the last two weeks. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> And now I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, that's that's good though. I mean, you really can't yeah. take any risks there. So the only so. risk you're taking is you might not leave this place. That's the, <laughs> you guys came all the way over here. That doesn't mean you're going to walk out of this room. Look yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, when we designed the room, we kind of thought we wanted it to look like you know 50 people got butchered <laughs> up in here. So. Hoping that we achieve that. What do you right. guys yeah. think? It looks, it looks right. fantastic. It Thanks. honestly does. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. It puts our studio to shame. So uh, we're happy to you guys got a bar <laughs> in your studio, right? Yeah. That's yeah, true. We do. See? Yeah. See? see, that's what's up. Yeah. See that? That's that's a we leg up on this. We a little bit of the aesthetic appeal for alcohol. There yeah. you go. There that's you my go. guys right there. There you go. That's what's up. Well, we got the you know the sick Rick masks, which are great, and a lot of cool artwork. You know, John Borowski. Uh, Terrence Muncy, uh, of course, Sick Rick with the masks. Um, the uh, escape room. Yeah, Tony Campagna, Spellbound Effects and Art. You know, totally amazing. The Psycho Killer bobbleheads, just a lot of the random stuff. Got the uh, Randy Bobandi signed picture over there and uh, just some, you know, things we've picked up. And then our puke art over there uh, above the dry erase board straight vomit. is a uh, art piece that a friend of mine <laughs> that plays in a band called Schizo 
and he does this barf art where he pukes on the canvas and, and colors and makes art and out of it. So yeah, it's vomit on that. So canvas. that's <laughs> all right. Yeah. I was about to say, is that a uh, red cabernet? <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucked up. It has zero smell to it or anything. It sounds disgusting. I'm going to appreciate it from a distance, but it is. <laughs> right, right, right. It is very nice. So, so it fits with the room though. So yeah. we've got all this cool stuff in here. So. Glad to share it. I always love to have visitors here to show them around. And we got CCK, Cardboard CK is behind you, uh, which, of course, he's in Connecticut. And we have him here with us in spirit. And sometimes we put wigs on him and fuck with him a little bit. But then, Chris, what happens? Yeah, the spirits come alive. When CCK gets pissed off, nothing works. Yeah, audio, audio problems. Issues, <laughs> yeah. Fucking recording issues. Like, yeah. we can't get a connection. Yeah. Like, bullshit happens when we fuck Seriously. with it too hard. It, it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's nice to not have CCK mad at us. And so we try to appease him and keep him happy. But, of course, he's over there hanging out, and uh, we got our table here set up with the Tony Campagna Spellbound Effects and Art. We got the Exorcism Kid, Joey, the real life. From Christopher St. Booth. Yeah, yeah from the 40s. It was used on an exorcism in the United States, Did is all I know. Did so. excerpt of the interview in this yeah. podcast with him? Yeah, we're going to play a part of that uh, later on. So, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. And then, of course, the lamp from Tony as well. So we got some cool stuff out here. Rearrange things a little bit for the Just occasion. Bit, yeah. Yeah. For the new piece. The yeah. that, they, they Facebook Live, they could have seen it by now. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because by the time this comes out, yeah, they would have seen that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Now, uh, I can't believe it's the 100th. We've got a great one to do here today. We're going to be talking demonic possession, which should be a good one. And we knew the Black Crypt guys, you know, uh, were going to be here with us. Uh, we've been talking about doing something together for a while. And so I'm glad, uh, you know, we were able to pull this together. And with all this going on, Tucker and I have been texting each other every couple of weeks like, hey, are you doing OK? And yeah, I'm all right. You know, well, it's still on, I guess, you know, like unless they like martial law the place, yeah. you know. And, mm-hmm. and then I said, hey, Tucker, I said, if you guys have to come over here like a despite a martial law situation, if you had like black helicopters and tanks <laughs> like following you and like shooting at you, that would make for a fucking awesome episode, wouldn't Hell it? Hell yeah. I mean, like yeah. me and Chris and Joey would be sitting here and fucking tank come in here and run over the whole fucking place. I mean, <laughs> I mean that go, would be like, a way Waco's, to go out. If I'm going to go out, that we're going, Waco we're going style. full Mad Max with it, with like the, <laughs> the Doof Warrior with the guitar like shredding all the way out here. Yeah, like totally. Yeah. Facebook Live. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so no, it, it worked out really good that we were able to do this. So we're recording this on uh, Saturday, May 16th, 2020. And the podcast goes live second week of June. So it's always weird when we do them at a sequence. But when we do these bigger episodes and involving people and schedules and stuff, sometimes we do that. And it makes it more fun. It it's, does. It's nice when you get to hang out more instead of like, it's yeah. just the usual Tuesday night. Okay, I'm here. Let's record this. I got to right. go home. I got to go work in the morning. It's nice when you have motherfuckers. <laughs> Why are you guys looking at each other like that? Exactly. Shane exactly. is the only one that doesn't have kids or a family, really. So he doesn't have a schedule like you uh, do. So. Gotcha. Word, word. Gotcha. No, but it is nice when you can kick it with people, right, Shannon? Priorities, man. <laughs> all for the show. The show must go on. For someone with no kids, Shannon always says that he he's just too busy to do stuff. He's like, oh man, I still have time Imagine for that. Am I busy with what? Editing, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. very lengthy. So awesome. we got uh, we got a hell of a lineup here to 
to talk about the topic. We got an interview with the paranormal expert, as Joey mentioned, Christopher St. Booth. Many of you know Christopher from his work on Spook TV and the Sci-Fi Channel. And he was nice enough to come on and talk about the subject with Chris and I. We'll play a 15-minute clip of that interview. And also, Tony Campagna and I sat down for a minute uh, earlier this week to talk. Uh, Tony from SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Uh, we talked about some new things he's got going on. And, of course, the piece what he made for this. for this thing, this monstrosity? Yeah, monster. yeah, cool. exactly. So we had a good discussion about that. Tony's a lot of fun, and so we'll play that for you later. I like how the spike got made. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, so uh, we also we're going to talk about horror movies and books that feature demonic possession and some of our favorites. Um, you know, Tony talked about that some. Joey, I know you're a big horror movie buff, and yep. and we're going to talk. And I know you guys, Black Crip Podcast, you guys are all about it. So that should be a lot of fun. So we'll mix all that in together. Um, now, speaking of spellbound effects and art, I mean, what, do you, what does everybody have to say about what we've now, I guess for lack of a better name, come up with Spike for his nickname? We'll go with that for right now. For right we now. we got to come up with something better. That's I think so, too. But, but, but what do you guys think of Spike? I mean, is it pretty sick? The fucking thing in itself in general is fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is incredible. It's, I was just kind of looking at the, the attention to detail with, like, you can see the faint blue the veins, veins kind of going we underneath the skin. We talk about that, that in the interview. So yeah, Tony talks about that, and he said, uh, "Yeah, when you said demonic possession, the first thing that came to mind was tentacles coming out of my mouth." Like, so oh, that's fuck. what he came up with. So, Alex, what do you think of that shit? That's yeah, fucking badass. <laughs> I like the way that it looks like there's like wet snot, like because it's coming out of his nose and stuff, <laughs> yeah. or going up his yeah, nose. It, I mean, it's it's pretty it's gross. Pretty wild. I had that on my dining room table for like three days, and the day I brought it out here, Jenny's like, "I'm really glad that's leaving." <laughs> She's pretty pretty tolerant of this shit, you know. Right, but, like, uh, I let it sit there, but thank you for moving in. <laughs> we're sitting there eating dinner with it right there, and then we work now in the dining room. I hope all you're day. eating spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> so support artists like Tony, Spellbound Effects and Arts. Got a great online catalog. With all sorts of things you can buy, uh, just like Ed Gein did it out there in the farmhouse in Plainfield. So we'll have CK on in the metal segment to talk about the doom metal band Electric Wizard. Uh, like that should be good. Dynamite. They're pretty. They're pretty <laughs> cool, man. A band I'm not real familiar with. Um, Going to be awesome. Talk a little bit about the yeah. the celebration of the milestone of hitting the. 100th episode um we'll talk about other metal news and what's going on with that new Gormonger album since we got joey here yeah. with us um we got a special killer cage match to get to this week we got two horror movie characters going at it in the steel cage and we'll get to that tonight always cool when you got like other people in yeah <laughs> yeah because we do wait. these random cage matches yeah. and they're a lot of fun and so you guys are going to participate because the way we normally do this is our listeners pick random numbers between 1 and 60. Okay. And that's how we pair up the killers. And then two more give us or numbers between 1 and 60, which are these random objects. So you get two killers with two objects in a steel cage killing each other. And so it's a lot of fun. And so with you guys here, we're going to let you guys pick the numbers, pick oh, numbers for the out. objects All they're right. going to fight with. So that seems like a big responsibility. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, we're going to let you guys. It's going to be a lot of out. fun. So we've got right. two horror movie 
characters that involve demonic possession, which yes. we'll get to, okay, cool. going at it, and then you guys will pick the object, so it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, huge thanks, everybody out there listening. We hit the 200,000 total listens mark early in May. We have to thank you guys for the support. We appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, everybody that's getting their murder on with us every week. Uh, countries list is constantly evolving, but the U.S., the U.K., and Australia are always the top three. But we see countries like Ireland, New Zealand, Denmark, Lithuania, Chile, Sweden, See, fucking Iran on that. That's freaking crazy, like man. What the fuck? I hope that guy can run really fast because that's, that's fucking crazy. Oh, is that like a joke? Iran? Oh, uh, no. Run. No, Wait, meaning the government joke? should be like watching out for him. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's right, a good right, one. Right, yeah. That's a good one. He was Russian. He was, was Russian. <laughs> Our top 10 cities list is also ever evolving. We got... Uh, uh, Chicago is always on top, and then between Danbury, Connecticut, and Bloomington, Illinois, fighting it out. But we're seeing Dallas, Texas, Melbourne, Victoria out there in Australia, Endicott, New York, Lafayette, Indiana, Toledo, Ohio, Normal, Illinois, and Oak Park, Illinois. Just It changes every minute, um, but thanks to everybody. We really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. hope you guys keep it up. Keep spreading the word. That's keep right. Keep Metal Mayhem alive. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so we're on our 100th now and hopefully many hundred more, Chris. So uh, we've got a lot on our plate tonight. We're going to be talking demonic possession. Got Joey Gormonger, got Black Crypt Podcast here with us. So shit's going to go crazy. We got an exorcism kit to keep us safe and that uh, stuff that Tony Campagna sent to scare those demons the fuck away. So, Chris. Fuck yeah, let's go get fucking demonic and possess some bitches. your claim to fame man pre-murder piss did you guys like that you got a whole fucking song just to piss piss you know know you've made it as a podcast when you get a theme song for your piss that's right that's right well ck 
as you'll see, he's got his own intro, so I thought Chris needed one for yeah, some PMP. Yeah, because I piss a lot. So. I piss a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we need an intro for our podcast for when Shannon says something really controversial and we have to spend the next 10 minutes trying to backtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, before that uh, PMP intro was the Possessed song, The Exorcist. Oh, Joey God. picked that one off Seven Churches. The opening of that yeah. album, and with that Exorcist theme song at the beginning Larry of it. Larry Lawan, the yeah. guitarist, who went on to be in Primus. Primus, yeah. And, yeah, of dude. course, uh, if, if you're into the heavier shit, that song's, of course, fucking awesome as fuck, but Campbell Corpse did a cover of it on the Hammer Smash face. They EP. did. They That's did. fucking brutal shit. It is brutal. And Wait, really? uh, Larry Lalonde yeah. is on, on the that uh, Murder yeah, in the Front Zero Row. Hero. Right. Uh, he's sure. on the Murder in the Front Row yeah, uh, documentary, yeah. which is really good, too. Which I thought was really cool because he didn't spend, like, he didn't really talk about the Possessed Years that much, right. you know, for a long time. Right. And to see as much as he did on there was really awesome. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And we got the guys from the Black Crypt podcast here, and of course, uh, Joey Gormonger with us as well, and Michael Shaw back in the studio he's just for in some... Here. Moral support over there. So. <laughs> He's sitting over there shaking his head. He's like, man, I just came in here, but I feel like I got to piss. <laughs> now, Chris, Chris, as much as you like to drink, are you possessed by some sort of demon that likes alcohol? Is that... Uh, I, you know? Yes. <laughs> he's he's facing demons, all right. I thought demon alcohol would have been another good uh, song for you, too. That would have been a the good Ozzy one, song, yeah. So. Also... also uh, What's that fucking ugly kid, Joe? Motherfucking. The goddamn devil. Goddamn devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk demonic possession for this 100th episode. In this murder segment, we'll be talking about the history of possession. Uh, we'll discuss some of the modern instances of demonic possession, which are very interesting. Uh, Shannon and I were talking on break, and he's got some good stuff to talk about there. Oh, yeah, so dude. that should be fun. Uh, we'll play the Christopher St. Booth 15-minute uh, excerpt from that interview, which we talk about the bizarre case of Annalise. I've been saying Michelle, but he refers to it as Mikkel. So whichever the case may be, uh, we'll talk about her, and we'll talk about the real exorcist, uh, which we've talked about already. We did a whole episode on it, but we'll talk about that a little bit, and interesting to hear what you guys have to say in that conversation as well. Uh, one thing to point out as we enter this uh, conversation, we all have different beliefs, and I'm sure this discussion will get into the religious component. You really can't avoid it with this topic. There is no God. So whether you believe in this or not, it's really an interesting topic. So if you're an agnostic or you don't believe in any of this, whatever, um, you know, I hope hopefully you have an open mind about. and just listen to the discussion, and you could take from it what you will. Uh, everybody's got their own beliefs, and and that's fine. All right. Uh, in the Mayhem segment, we'll have a discussion about our, some of our favorite horror movies and books that have a demonic possession theme as well. So it should be fun because all of us dig horror movies and shit like right. that. And so funneling it down to a, a very finite thing, demonic possession, I right. think and would that, be interesting. That's a lot of Tucker and Shannon and Alex, that, the Black Crypt, that a lot of your stuff is more is horror. Yeah, and so absolutely. Like, you guys definitely yeah, you guys do shit. a lot more with horror than we do, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a horror is our bread and butter, and it's what got us started. We uh, our podcast has gone through; it, it's ever evolving. So you know, we'll we'll start with one thing, we'll find out it's not really working for us. But the thing that has always been constant 
throughout our podcast has been our very first segment that we start off every single episode with, and that's horror news. So we try and talk about some of the stuff Shit coming, coming up yep. in the horror uh-huh. industry, some things that maybe we've seen or, uh, you know, nowadays it's it's a little bit less what's coming out and what's streaming because it's just, uh, you know, horror films come out a few times a year in, in the actual movie theater, but streaming services, Netflix, and then now Shudder that you have and everything. It's it's right. constant, and you yeah. and you have a constant resource that you can go to to get that information. So Yeah, that's cool. I know that uh, I listen to you guys when I get a chance, and I do like the fact that you guys do stuff we don't do because uh, it gives me something different to listen to that I might not typically get. Because I'm doing a lot of prep for our episodes. I'm sure you guys do as well. And so a lot of my listening time now is devoted to the show, which is typically serial killer topics. Mm -hmm. So when I can get a chance to just kind of get away from that for a minute, it's nice to listen to you guys talk about, you know, movies or whatever, you know, the subject is. I think you did one on the Bell Witch, which was really cool. I really liked that episode. So I really do enjoy listening to you guys uh, just as something different that I might not always listen to. And now, Joey, you're much more into horror films. And really, we talked about that before. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty much my whole life. I was kind of thrown into it. Right. Um, so it's been uh, my bread and butter, I guess, <laughs> just in my life. I mean, well, now you're doing Goremonger right, and have and, for many years. And Goremonger, like anybody that listens, I mean, I did two concept albums and shit. I do a lot about horror movies yeah. and that because it's such a big influence. Like, of course. basically the whole, like the whole genre of horror, like it, it, books, movies, music, like true life shit. So yeah, that's it's awesome. fascinating. I think so too. I think so too. Now, um, you know, uh, when it comes to the history of uh, demonic possession, uh, the guys in the Black Crypt the podcast here with us are going to go over some information. I appreciate you guys helping out. Just doing two episodes this week has been an ass kicker. Uh, this is the week we recorded The Son of Sam. So if you're listening to this, you're going to hear this about a month later. Uh, but this week we did The Son of Sam and then this one. So appreciate you guys helping with the with some of this, uh, the history of it. Food and y'all don't get none. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got some food we're gonna have after this is all over with. So uh, making you sing for your supper. So what did you guys? Uh, what did you guys come up with for the history? I thought it'd be cool to kind of set the table of how did this all come to be. I mean, most of us, I would think, for me personally, how did I first hear about demonic possession? Seeing The Exorcist. Uh, I was alive when it came out. I was little, but I was alive when that movie came out. So I'm older than you guys. I'm older than you guys. But I remember it distinctly, and I remember it being like a forbidden, like you can't see that. And then when I got to eighth grade was the first time I got to watch it, and it scared me so bad when she first talked in that devil voice, and I was like, fuck this and i went upstairs and i think it was next year when i was in ninth grade i but i gutted it out and watched the whole thing it just freaked me out and so that would have been my first you know dabbling in this so i guess when we're doing the podcast and i thought what might be interesting to the listener is you know we all know that kind of stuff but let's go back let's go way back and dig into some history here so what you guys got what you guys come up with for this well like you had already mentioned you can't talk about demonic possession without bringing 
actual demons and Christianity into the conversation. So just kind of a bit of a backstory about demons themselves. They're normally cast down angels from heaven that uh, kind of sided with Lucifer and what got him sent out. Uh, So beliefs are angels who sinned according to Enoch. Uh, Angels became enamored with humans and tempted them to sin, thus again being cast down and created these deviant entities that we know more today as quote-unquote demons. A uh, passage in the Bible, Corinthians 6, 3, states that there are angels who will be judged that kind of implies the existence that we we have this overall thought that angels are these blessed creatures. They're, they're God's chosen who do not sin and can do no wrong. Uh, but that Bible verse actually says that there are, are angels who will be judged, which kind of implies the existence of wicked angels, not just demons. Uh, Lilith is another classic example of a creation that God turned away from the light and then assumed a demonic form, but was not really an angel to begin with. And that kind of opens a whole another can of worms. If you want to get into the background and the story of Lilith and uh, as the first one, the true first woman and and all of that. But uh, Christianity's early records of demonic possession come from Lucifer's use of it in many battles against heaven. And it was basically an attempt to possess humans to use to his advantage against the light of God. And uh, there's a very famous Bible passage that Jesus himself drove out demons from persons and drove those uh, spirits or demons into pigs, which then he cast off the side of a cliff. Right. So... I remember hearing what? about that. I have Peter a Peter Piper and shit. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah. And that's why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day to this day. No, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Well, I work that, with a woman who's very religious, it, and I remember the first time we did a ghost hunt up at uh, Shaker Cigar Bar in Milwaukee. She was like legitimately freaked out that I was going to do that because she said, you know, in the Bible that this actually happened, you know. And I'm very skeptical of it all. I don't really know what's out there. I think there's something, but what it is, I have no idea. So I'm very skeptical. So that's why I said at the beginning, and I'm sure everybody's going to have different beliefs, and that's fine. Um, But she was like really genuinely concerned that we were going up there to sleep in the dead hooker suite and all that. And to me, it doesn't, like we, that, I don't look at it the same way. Yeah, yeah. That's what we did. I've done it a few times. It just doesn't. And then last year, me, Michael. Yeah. You guys Cashman, slept down in the basement, we were down hanging in the basement, out in the basement. Like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. You guys should go up there sometime. Dude, uh, it's a bad Come up there place, with yeah. us. Uh, next time we go up, you should come with us. Well, stay yeah. up in the third floor dead hooker suites 100 anytime you guys do any sort of excursion haunted or whatever otherwise we're happy to go all right that's, that's i'll let you know because we're going to do it again we've done it twice already as so. soon as we're allowed to fucking go places. yeah right right so go ahead i'm sorry i interrupted you guys uh just a little bit further stretching more towards a modern era bit away from biblical times the catholic church has broken down demonic activity into six different forms so the basic of it being possession the full-on possession of a person's body without their knowledge or consent and the victim is normally left blameless and then obsession which is a little different this includes sudden attacks of irrational, obsessive thoughts on the human mind, such as suicide, violence, or belligerence, without any sort of prompt or reason. Now, I, I don't know if you guys so have ever... So about everyday life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, what I'm saying is... So, yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah. come on. Have you ever had that moment where you're in the grocery store, and you know there's just this <laughs> fragile old woman that's just taking her time in the... 
right down down the aisle and it's like i could snap her neck <laughs> and like that, that little voice there that's that's the obsession that's, apparently oh, okay. at least what the catholic church is saying it's like I'll that say. little voice saying it's like i could strangle so this baby so if you listen to that voice then trying uh, to get down the aisle quick yeah. and then you're giving it to the, like bitch get out of my way that's very similar to what is referred to as the call of the void where yes, that's what yes. people call you're driving down the road at night and then all of a sudden you just kind of think to yourself like i could drive my car off this bridge off this right bridge now right yeah. there yeah, yeah exactly that yeah. yes well dude remember we were talking to uh, Christopher St. Booth, we're going to be playing that interview coming up, but we talk about uh, where he said he talked to multiple uh, people that have been supposedly suffering from demonic possession, and they said they felt the, the episode coming on when they heard the distant marching of, yeah, of, and oh, marching music. And he said they interviewed multiple people <laughs> separate of each other, and experience. they all said that. And he said it gave him a chill because in the the journal that was kept during the real exorcist case, the one with Ronnie, the boy mm -hmm. that happened in St. Louis, the Booth brothers did a whole documentary about it, but there was the journal found from the uh, exorcism. And he says it on there also about the marching music. And that would have been in 1949. Wow. So they're doing an interview in the nineties or whenever 2000, whatever that was, and talking about these modern people that had been, you know, victims of exorcism or vi victims of possession, possession, I should say. Yeah. And so now they're recounting this experience and all these individuals are saying they all heard this marching music. I think that's really fucking Ooh. creepy, man. Yeah. Uh, the Catholic Church also goes on to say that the third basically sign is oppression where a person is just plagued by misfortune. So the demons are constantly in their everyday life just causing terrible things to happen to them. A bunch they of people sleep. on Facebook are like that. Fuck my life. The demons working through those yeah. people. Fuck my right, life. <laughs> people you see on there, you're like, really, dude? Yeah. Go fucking slam your head in a fucking yeah. drawer a few times. Right? <laughs> so, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the fourth being external physical pain. So that's like the, the scratches that are appearing on people, like the right. names, the 666 carved into their flesh. Yeah. That stigmata. sort of thing. But I do that the on stigmata, my own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that, that's the demons manipulating. Oh, yes. manipulating. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Number five being infestation, which that affects the house. You have objects such as Annabelle and George, like the dolls and right. stuff like that, right. as well as animals and just any other sort of like uh, that chair. If anybody sat in this man's chair, they would die within the week or something like right. that. I can't remember the name of the chair or the uh, man. And then lastly is. Uh, subjection in which a person voluntarily submits to satan or a demon saying hey come possess come possess me I'm doors here, open take me no. <laughs> Here's right. The keys. right and that's what the catholic church considers as okay if they're displaying a majority of these signs that we recognize then yes this is a demonic possession of sorts and we can act on this but they are very strict in if they're going to come out or not they try not to come out as their big yeah. thing and then and I've heard that they really sh they've shied away from this because William Peter Blatty when he wrote the exorcist approached the church where supposedly that first exorcism of that kid happened before they moved into St. Louis it was in uh, Maryland yeah, or somewhere Ronnie. in that area yeah. and the church was like no we don't want any part yeah. of you you're not writing anything about this and it was very standoffish because it was it was frowned upon because I think people thought they were kooks you know when you start talking about being possessed by a demon you sound like you're fucking off your rocker right you I mean, listen to yeah. slayer don't you <laughs> <laughs> you play dungeons and dragons yeah. right you play dungeons and dragons and listen to slayer 
Fuck. Right? <laughs> That's an interesting sidebar that you mentioned that because uh, from the research that I had done, uh, Pope John Paul II was, uh, you know, very famous pope, obviously, in our lifetime. Right. And he was the one that made it very hard uh, to classify as a demonic possession okay. uh, that would involve the Catholic Church. Well, then Pope Benedict that came after him actually loosened up those rules. So we've actually seen... Uh, an increase in exorcisms uh, just because Pope Benedict kind of slackened those laws a little bit as the, as the Catholic Church was involved, at least. Yeah, he's like, oh, that girl got her period? Demon. <laughs> <laughs> sure acting like a demon right now, right? So what else did you guys, uh, uh, Alex, the, you got the, something? Yeah, the next portion is some of the traits and characteristics of a demonic possession range from... This is kind of the, I feel like this is the biggest trope is the speaking in tongues and languages, the victim. Right. So Latin, sure. I feel like is the, Latin's the one like we the all, main, yeah, yeah. it's the main one we always hear. Um, revelation of knowledge, distant or hidden that the victim cannot know. Like I, I would assume that's like talking about the future and things like that. And then blasphemous rage, obscene hand gestures, using profanity, which... I, I can relate to all this shit right here. So. <laughs> like I said, once we're again, checking all the boxes yeah. in here. Right? So far, real three out of four we've yeah. experienced today in the studio. Yeah. And then the you know the common using the aversion to holy symbols and relics, holy water, stuff like that. Right. And then lastly, like humor, uh, superhuman strength. So you know, some ninety pound yeah, bitch throwing, throwing six dudes fucking... off of your <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and shit, like coming <laughs> yeah. out of the pit. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, anything else on the on the historical end of that, guys? From deep history and not modern, that pretty much covers it. Okay. So now in the modern age, there has been some cases of possession that people claim to have occurred. And and Tucker, you brought up an interesting point that the uh, you know the uh, people now have more of an instance of this because they loosen the reins a little bit. At least the Catholics on how they look at it. And, and one of the uh, interesting uh, uh, Christian figures that I we came across, we did an episode on him in uh, episode 36, old Malachi. scratch in the sack, yeah. <laughs> Malachi Martin, uh, Malachi. one of our top uh, most listened to es- episodes, actually. Malachi. Yeah, and I um, just realized that that Hosses of the Devil on Netflix Yeah, that's is about, about him. him. Oh, yeah. is that really? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's okay. a documentary. I thought it was a movie. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know what it was. Fantastic. I came across on the, the Hostage of the Devil. I skipped by it. But then I'm like, oh, shit, this is actually about Malcolm Yeah, Martin. it's amazing. Um, I read a book, that book, uh, uh, that you're talking about, Hostage of the Devil, and it was fantastic. Found out about Malachi Martin. He's a priest that left the Jesuits. He didn't agree with some of their beliefs. And so he uh, he had said that there was practicing Satanists at the Vatican and they thought he was crazy and he nobody would listen to him. So finally he said, fuck you. And he left and he started writing all these books, one of them being hostage to the devil. It came out right after the exorcist right around the same time. So it was a big topic. It was a big bestseller for him, launched his writing career and he's done quite a few interviews. You can find them on YouTube and such. And if you watch that documentary, Chris, uh, The Hostage to the Devil, it's really cool because it yeah, talks we, a lot. I started watching it early, or last night, but then I uh, I was drinking enough to where I was like, I'm not uh, paying attention anymore. <laughs> We've yeah. all yeah. been there. Yeah. It's very interesting because the book takes these um, five, I think it is, uh, modern uh, cases of demonic possession and his involvement with the exorcism. It's fucked up because these demons have these weird names. Like there was one called the Smiler 
and they have these really creepy names that just sound like very eerie, like the Smiler. I, I had all these things, you know, no, from being a, a writer. Name. I'm like, boy, there's just a lot you could do with that whole idea. I just like the idea of it, the creepy smile idea, you know. So um, anyway, these five different uh, modern day uh, exorcisms, but the last one being the one with Old Scratch, the one that killed him. Um, is very interesting. So uh, it's well worth checking out that documentary if this subject interests you. But I wasn't sure if you guys had run into any of uh, Malachi Martin and any of your dealings with this subject. Because I know some people I've talked to have and some people not so much. So I didn't know if you had ever heard of him before. You guys definitely need to check out that uh, Hostage to the Devil Devil documentary. Yeah, Yeah, it's really good. We've come across his name some in just in research, but it's not something like, well, I, in (laughs) preparing for this episode, I, one of the things I was going to say is you could do an entire episode just on him because um, what you did. So (laughs) go back and listen to that episode too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's so then at the end, you know, basically he had, he had died from uh, falling or something like that, but it was claimed that he was pushed by that demon, the old Mm -hmm. scratch you were talking about. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff. So definitely check it out. If you're not familiar with it now, Chris, uh, when we did episode 25, which was called uh, "Pass the Pea Soup," uh, that was the real, right? The real story of the Exorcist. The real boy uh, Ronnie uh, and how his family sought out an exorcism and finally ended up in St. Louis, where the priests were successful at driving uh, the demons from him. From what they say. And that story is very fascinating, which, of course, uh, prompted William Peter Blatty to write The Exorcist. Uh, Very famous, obviously, to everybody that listens to horror or watches horror. Uh, Very interesting story, though. Joey, I know that we've talked about this before, but a very interesting case. And it does mirror quite a a bit to The Exorcist, although it's a boy instead of a girl yeah but if, if you read the story especially which the movie they did a good adaptation i i think but the yeah the book it's very much pretty much as close as you probably could have documented that that event from what it seems you know from yes. all other accounts that you hear about right they put it all basically in the book and i think obviously why it's such a scary yeah you know piece of reading material even to this day yeah, I think he took the copy of that journal and used a lot of it because yeah. the writing yeah, on the body. The, that's what I was going to say. I thought when they were tearing the building down, they found that fucking journal. Yeah, in like, that drawer. In yeah. That, yeah, that was like pretty fucked up. Man. Yeah, very, very interesting. So the real story of the exorcist, we did that in episode 25. Um, and I'm sure you guys in the Black Crypt, you guys well versed in this stuff as well. Um, I'm sure know about that case. Very interesting because in the 70s, exorcisms were like hot in movies and i think a lot of that from the exorcist from the hostage to the devil book and all this other stuff but what do you guys the influence i guess of that event that spawned the exorcist it it changed everything that is known about horror to this day but not only fictional horror but to the paranormal in general but because Blatty picked up on this case and then wrote The Exorcist two years later you have The Exorcist movie and we'll probably touch on this a little bit later as well but yeah. uh, horror in in itself would not be what it is today without The Exorcist 
taking it would place. Not so be that. It'd be much different. Yeah, I agree. I, it still freaks me out to this day mm-hmm. watching that movie. It's just amazing. Well, you it had is. people. You had people who were, uh, you know, and back in the early seventies, I would say that the population in the United States of people who would identify as Christian would be much higher than it is nowadays. But you had people who weren't even religious, who weren't even Catholic, uh, that were now afraid of demonic possession. Right. right. Whereas before, they never would have thought about it. But this movie and the book. Uh, and the case that inspired it were so real to so many people that it really truly transformed the landscape that that existed at the time that now influences what we see today. Right. Yeah, I agree, dude. Yeah. Now, uh, another case that uh, many people know about that follow this sort of thing, and, and we were talking about this earlier, Shannon, Annalise Michelle or Mikkel, however you pronounce it. Christopher St. Booth said it was Mikkel. She's German. Uh, the German who died during her exorcism in 1976. Um, some of you guys may be familiar with that case. The thing that sticks out about hers is, um, you know, is you can actually hear it. They recorded no, the audio. The audio. Is, yeah, it's it is fucking it's creepy. 67 sure. exorcisms she endured. Um from 1975 to her death in 1976. Uh, very freaky shit. Yeah, I've got if, about a 10-second clip of that I'm going to play yeah, here. Even if you don't know German, just the sound, her voice and yeah, everything is like, what the hell is going right. on? It if, is. One, if my 10-year-old daughter was talking like that right now, I'd be like, well, that's normal. I mean, German, <laughs> German's already an angry language. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. All right, so let's check this out here. Hang on. God damn, Chris, I don't know if a girl could really sound like that. I mean, that's fucked up. I mean, I know there's some death metal girl singers that... <laughs> Can do some growling, but this is a young woman. I mean, that just wow, creeps me out. What do you think about it? I think they had uh, auto tune before everybody knew auto tune. She was using some demonic tune or something. Joey, what do you think about that case of her? (laughs) I mean, I'm familiar with the case, and I definitely would like to have her do vocals for me on a song. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that would be fucking crazy to write a song, like use her fucking audio. Yeah, it would, dude. It's a good idea. Yeah, I'm actually, sure it's it public is. domain at this point. You could yeah, probably really. do it. That's right. Now, there's a whole fucking hour plus thing on YouTube with just, yeah. the, it's just oh, yeah. all the yeah. audio. It's recording. all that, yeah. Now, uh, we were talking, Shannon, on break about this particular case, and you had something interesting you wanted to kind of bring up about the whole concept of, and Christopher's going to talk about this a little bit when we get to it, um, about the fact that she died with the demons in her and that whole concept. So what was that that you wanted to, that you wanted to add? Well, when I was researching this, something didn't add up to me. And I was texting Tucker about it, like, why was she visited by the Virgin Mary saying, hey, if you endure all of this torment, you are going to save so many souls. And it just did not add up to me because I'm a person that I need to have a logical reason behind whatever's happening in front of me or right. else it's just complete nonsense. This just isn't adding up. Why are you telling me this if it doesn't make any sense? Right. Well, upon further digging, come to find out her story is very, very similar to a book that was written by a German priest who died in... Uh, 1912 
And this small excerpt that he talked about was from Mary Crushes the Serpent. And what he got across in that book matches up with what Annalise was telling her family and everyone else. And Before, like, uh, the exorcisms? Before it came back. So she had her okay. little bit of an ex... I mean, her demonic possessions beforehand, and then it stopped for right. a while. And then the Virgin Mary came and said, hey, you got four days to reflect. Do you want to save all these souls? This is the only way. And she said, yes. And that's what didn't sit with me. It's like, why? Why, <laughs> well, why sit through torture? And apparently that saves souls? Yeah. How is it saving my soul? Exactly. So come to find out, it's... As I dug and researched with this book, this German priest goes on to say that there are victim souls, like Annalise, people that are selected by the Virgin Mary, and that's how she was saying stuff like, oh, Mary, you're so beautiful, because she was being visited by the Virgin Mary, apparently, and the Virgin right. Mary was asking, hey, if you endure the suffering... I it, do remember that. Yeah. Uh, yes. It wretches the souls that the demons have possession over the ones that they have tempted the ones that they have gotten to commit to sin to not want to do anything with god stray away from the light have you come Basi with me and do this yeah those are basically the ones that they have control over now this supernatural plane is on different rules than we are and apparently the more souls a demon corrupts by subjection all those things that we said earlier they have a numerical power so they corrupt enough individuals that gives them more of a presence, more of a way to interact with the world in a stronger way. Like instead of just being able to shut off a light, now they can throw a chair or something like that. Huh. What okay. have you. So or control uh, you and tell you what to do. Yeah, like, hey. yeah, yeah. And so as she's sitting there suffering, her sacrifice for the love of God and these wanting to save these souls is what weakens these demons to the point that they lose all of these holds that they have on these people till they have nothing. And that's the whole point of this suffering that she huh. went through. And But this is just specific to these victim souls in her case. Now, there are other exorcisms where a demon just got a hold of a weak-willed person or something like that, or right. somebody that was subjective to suicide, right. and then they just went bonkers. Right. But for Elisa's case, she was a victim soul, and that's what I dug up, and finally that made huh. sense to me. Interesting. Well, here we're going to yeah. listen to a clip from Christopher St. Booth. Paul, what was Gashman going to Yeah, say? go I ahead, Joey. I was just going to say, uh, in that respect, hearing him uh, describe it like that, it seems almost like micro-dosing micro version <laughs> of Jesus Christ. Like, Jesus Christ died for yeah. everybody, you know, yes. and this is like for these specific people, she will go through the suffering, too. Yeah, to save them, because apparently God is already yeah. furious so and angry, and nice. <laughs> the arm of Mary is like holding back God's wrath, saying, hey these victim souls are going to save these people and redeem them. Yeah. And that was the whole basis. Wow. Because again, like I said, I couldn't figure out why she was doing this because it wasn't yeah. adding up. Interesting. Well, Christopher's got a, an interesting take on this as well. So let's check that out here uh, with uh, Christopher St. Booth. We have the pleasure to be doing an interview with Christopher St. Booth of Spook TV. It's great to have you here on Murder Metal Mayhem uh, for the second time, Christopher. Uh, we met you last year at the Dark History and Horror Convention, and I've got my co-host, Chris Shaw, back here with me to do this. Hey, what's uh, up? Thanks for taking the time out off the pandemic to talk with us. So thank you very much. Hell yeah. So, hey. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, anytime, man. Anytime, dude. Because, like, Cheers. you're a genius with what you do. But, uh, so, 
from one Christopher to another Christopher. <laughs> yeah, I get the two Chris's here with me. <laughs> like when we started talking about doing our hundredth episode on demonic possession, we knew you were the dude to talk to about this shit. So, uh, and we got that exorcism kit from you last year at the convention. And what got you into the whole subject of demonic possession and really studying that situation? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, being a, a starting as a musician, then heading to the filmmaking business, we had always done horror movies. And of course, at that point, we uh, had filmed a show at Waverly Hill Sanatorium, uh, which is, I think, one of the most haunted places in the United States. But um, uh, it was incredible. And, and at that point, the movie was called Death Tunnel. And at that point, I started getting involved in the paranormal. So uh, when we were down there filming a, a motion picture for Sony, what happened was the place was really, I mean, really active when we were filming a movie. So we brought another crew into film us filming, and that became a documentary and sci-fi aired that. And that was called Spooked, the Ghost yeah, of the Yeah, that was fantastic. That is so amazing how you filmed yourself filming a movie. I thought that was really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's pretty nice, dude. Yeah, that's a good well, thank idea. You. Well, I mean, it was just like, wow, you know, you know, this is really going on, and I was kind of all new to this, and I experienced all kind of crazy stuff, and it just became, I guess, almost an obsession. At that point, Sci-Fi picked up Spooked, and then they said, hey, you want to do a couple more? And we said, sure. So we went out and shot a, uh, another documentary film called Children of the Grave about orphan children. It was a very sad one. It was about I ghost bet, children, yeah, obviously. I bet. I bet. Yeah, I'll that was that amazing. Out. I haven't seen it. I'll have to definitely check that yeah, out. Yeah, that's dude. the first thing I saw of, of them and those that silhouette, Christopher, against the wooded, those shadow people. That just sends chills up my spine when I see that because that is creepy. Yeah, I remember when we had got that evidence and getting back to the hotel room that night, I just fell like flat mm -hmm. on the bed like, oh, my God. Right. This is incredible, and you couldn't sleep. You could now. You knew there was a. I mean, one thing is to just, a, you know, kind of think there's an existence, and then there's one where you actually get something that proves an existence you of kind of another it. being. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really overwhelming. So obviously, being an independent film company, we filmed several shows at once. So we filmed Children of the Grave, and we also working on another title called The Possessed, and The Possessed was about. Um, children coming of age around 11 to 14 and being possessed by, you know, some form of negative entity. And at that point, uh, doing the research, I started doing research in The Exorcist. Um, some of the uh, research people and the, the ghost investigators that we were working with, I'm a documentary film really never a ghost investigator, so I reached out to a lot of, you know, credible people. And they went out and they found me some incredible new stuff on the story of the Exorcist. Yes, actually, and, um, that's my next question for you. I, we we bought your DVD when we saw you at the convention. That was the one I got. Was the Exorcist file, and I was fascinated with that. I was just going to ask you about that uh, very question of the finding that uh, that diary and how and that building, was about yeah. the the true story of the Exorcist that. Most people know the, the William Peter Blatty version, but what you're referring to is what inspired that. Um, so just wanted to set the context for the listener because I'm fascinated by this subject. 
Well, yeah, and well, when we were doing the possessed, we were asking, you know, about about ten kids, you know, between like I said, eleven and fourteen, what they felt like when they felt demonic or some kind of dark entity take over, and that was the point when they wanted to hurt themselves or hurt others, and they had said several things, and none of them had met. These all these kids had never met. They didn't know each other at all, and it was like random interviews that we we uh, set up across the United States. And they said when they felt demonic activity was kicking in in the sense of to hurt somebody, they would want to go listen to very heavy death-type music. They wanted to move their, their existence <laughs> into the basement, into a dark area, somewhere dark and clammy. And I said, okay. And then they all turned out to be cutters where they would cut themselves and hurt themselves. Oh, and I wow. went, well, that's pretty intense. I mean, they're all doing the same thing. And then he said something that really blew me away. They said that when they felt they wanted to hurt somebody, they heard the sound of some kind of marching feet, a marching army, sort really? of a trumpet sound. Wow. The sound of some, some kind of a, a legion coming. That, and I went, whoa, wow, nobody, yeah, nobody, you know, you know, kind of you coincide with these uh, these answers to these questions that we asked, and it blew me away because they all said the same thing. But what really blew me away is I had read that before, and I realized I had read that that when Ronald, the true boy in the Exorcist story, was a boy, not a girl. Right. 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 Yeah. Was coming on to a uh, you know his period of different possessions. When the you know because he would come in and out of it. When he went into it, he would hear the sound of marching drums, marching feet, and the sound of a trumpet, the sound of an army coming. Now that was written in 1949, right? And then we interviewed these kids in 2009, and That's I really hard. doubt oh that god, they. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, yeah. And then I went, oh my god, this is wow. truly some kind of sign. Yeah, that there, is there's something not, there. Yeah, and it's not like something where you pick up evidence. You go like, ah, oh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. This is like a written fact that was written in 1949 and 2009. All these kids say the same thing. And I really doubt that they read the diary. No, the yeah, I, I can't right. imagine that all, all of them read the same thing just to get right. that information. Not to mention it was locked in that room until the 70s when it was even found. I mean, the, so the book was missing yeah. all those years. And then yeah, you guys so, got a copy wow. to be able to see it. And, and I've read it before. It's fascinating. Um, it's just yeah, really so good there you stuff. go, and that's what got me into the uh, concept of possession. We did uh, two shows, and and that kind of sticks with you because when you're editing it, you film right. it, you interview it, you edit it, you film it, then you go back. To, I'm going around the U.S. and I go back to Los Angeles to edit it. That darkness didn't disappear. It kind of it was locked onto there. me. Now oh. another no, one that, it locked onto me. Right? Yeah, it yeah. never it never stops. It's always with you. But like another one well, that really I mean, freaks people out though is uh, Annalise. Uh, is it Michelle? Yes, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. It's actually oh, Michelle, is it, is which Mikkel? is German. Yeah. Like yeah. I've seen the pictures of her during and after the exorcism and everything, and the the audio sounds that you get from it is really crazy. Is that the main thing that you got interested in her? Well, we when we had done the the show the. Just fire, which Destination America Discovery Channel license, which they're playing up on their on their website. Um, we we needed a sound of 
through exorcism and since there was no audio recordings or video recordings of the original 1949 exorcism we went ahead and say this is kind of what the next you know the That's demons the would sound like but but with Annalise McKell's and so we actually used that audio in that show of course you know that didn't stop there because obviously you know that was in 2009 now we're 2020 and right. I had opened up a new company which basically uh, it started selling props and different stuff from supernatural paranormal and from movies and actually real haunted items and stuff I came across the real Annalise McKell exorcism box and I, I and know. I purchased it yes yeah, I, I remember know. we talked about that when before that was really you, fuck. yeah you said nobody else wanted to touch that thing <laughs> we were like no nobody wanted it. to open it have you had any weird uh things happen since you've had it um you know it was really weird because when it arrived we actually filmed a live on Veiling, we did a Facebook Live, and we actually incorporated it in a new new uh, show we're working on called The Attached, which is about different attachments and the true story behind an item and oh. how it affects people today. But uh, when we opened it up, I, I didn't really know what to do. And here I'm putting rubber <laughs> gloves on, thinking it's going to protect me. <laughs> right. It's like maybe the from any kind of the COVID-19. That's yeah, the well, <laughs> well, maybe it's kind of mold that might be on the box. But it really was, when I opened it up, I was really frightened. But when I opened it up, I started to realize something hit me in the face that, well, you know, you know, do you believe in God? Do you believe in the devil? Well, the answer really to that is you either do or you don't, but you have to believe both because you can't believe in God without believing in the devil. And you no, can't believe in the devil yeah, there's, yeah, you can't God. do one without True. the other. That's a fact. It's, yeah, it's hate and love. You right. know, it's, it's the natural balance of life. So I realized that if I truly believed in good, you know, whether you, you know, I truly, I believe some of the Bible and Jesus, I don't believe in all of it because a lot of it is self-serving man-made, obviously. Right. But I do believe in the concept of it because it's good. It means treat people beautiful, take care of them, have empathy, compassion, all that situation. So I do believe in that. So at that time, I have to believe in the dark. So I believe in good that if you have a concept of a crucifix, which at the same was what is inside the exorcism box, why would that be possessed? Why would that give out a bad energy? And if you truly believe in this, and I know a few people have questioned me on this, like you see people haunted crucifix, haunted this, haunted church item. Right. I think there's a shadow of doubt. And if you're going to put a shadow of a doubt out there, then you are truly um, a date you are truly in danger so the concept is not to have a shadow of a doubt in your belief system so when I realized when I open it up nothing but completed good feelings came from the box like this was a mission that was completed and it made now, it if all you know the good well if, if you know the exorcism it you know it's called a failed exorcism because she died right you know but it really she died because she wanted to die. She died because she wanted to carry them inside her and not, I mean, not you're possessed, right? Out. Yeah, not let the demons Yeah, free. exactly. Yeah, you get possessed, you get exercised. Where do the demons go? Right. Her concept is she's going to take them to hell with her. And I, I, so she died actually, with them locked inside. 
That wow. makes sense to me. Like I never heard yeah. that concept before. Like that's that makes sense to me, man. Yeah, it's pretty heavy yeah, stuff. So she, she died, and another interesting fact: well, she died, and since this is what your whole segment is about, this is like just you know icing oh, yeah. on the cake of what I've found out and researched. You know, my house is full of a lot of these these um, icons of of good and bad. But basically, they believe that she died with them inside her. So to prove that if a body is truly possessed, it's not supposed to rot. The okay. body, if you bury the body, it's not supposed to rot. So two years later, they ordered an exhume of the body to see if the body had rotted. So they dug her up, and she had not rotted at all. Oh wow! That's fucking crazy, dude. That's nuts. So they, I, I know. That. So they put up a statue. They made her a saint in Germany, and they, you know, they made her a martyr, which is what she wanted to die as, saying that she wanted to help. She was a religious, um, over, she oh, very overbearing in her religion because her parents were very religious, and she was so devout. She was one of the Catholics that would whip herself for other people's sins and she okay. took everybody's everybody's kind of cool uh, christopher's a really nice guy he's he's got a very interesting wealth of experience uh, him and his brother do the documentaries chris we had a good time talking to him yeah talking to him like talking to him personally at uh dark history and horror convention was awesome yeah but the talking to him on the phone was a little more i guess i don't want to say intimate it was yeah, because we were at a convention, so it was had, noisy. Yeah, we, had, you know. we had time to talk, dude. So yeah. Yeah, talking to Christopher was awesome. Yeah, it was like a 50-minute interview, so we'll have that available to our Patreon members, be able to listen to the whole interview we did with Christopher. There you just heard 15 minutes of that. So if you go to patreon.com slash mayhem, you could join our 666 Club. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. So uh, we'll put the link in the episode description on how you could check out Christopher and his twin brother, Philip Booth, and their awesome documentaries. Uh, their Spook TV has put out some really good stuff on the subject on the Sci-Fi channel. Uh, so check out the Booth brothers and support indie filmmakers like them. Um, was there any other stuff that you guys, I mean, while we're on the subject of demonic possession, anything like I mean, the podcast or Joey, Chris, anything that I that we didn't talk about there that you wanted to bring I just, up? I just figured uh, we're going to do uh, possession movies in Mayhem. Right? Yeah, we're going to yeah. do that in Mayhem. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Cool. Very good. All right. Well, the sources that I used to research this was the book Hostage to the Devil by Malachi Martin. Also, the book Possessed, which is the real story of The Exorcist. I strongly suggest it. There is a movie I think was on Showtime. Uh, it's pretty good, but the book is always going to be better. Um, it was actually uh, uses, uh, you can see the printed version of the journal that uh, Christopher St. Booth was referring to during the exorcism in 1949 of the boy that, of course, inspired the exorcist that we know of. Very fascinating stuff. Whatever your beliefs are, whether you think this whole thing is ridiculous or whether you strongly believe in, in God and the Bible and all that. I hey, think my brother's fucking possessed. Is he? Look possessed by look, Captain look Morgan or Jack Daniels or something <laughs> like that. The uh, Annalise Michelle clip was on YouTube. You could see a lot of stuff like that on her. Very weird. 
Uh, any other source of material you guys wanted to credit what you guys used for yours? No, not really. I, I, one thing I want to say is that when it comes, anytime you do research on demonic possession, you have to be very careful where you draw the line between mental health and demonic <laughs> possession. True so if story. you right. yourself uh, feel like you or a family member are experiencing demonic possession, contact a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist first, right, and, and then like, hey, the priest. Hey. After yeah, that, I and agree. My answer is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, for real though. Like, I mean, there's things you could take pills for certain things, right? Yeah. So I agree. You want to get checked up by a doctor first, and then maybe they would refer you to a priest or whatever. Yeah. If that What's was that? your That's belief. That's a badass doctor. It's like you know what? Yeah. It's demons. I'm sorry. Yeah, a, can't help you. you got ghosts in like, blood. You should do cocaine about it. <laughs> you got ghosts. You ever thought about <laughs> drinking more? <Yeah. laughs> Here, smoke some of this. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so uh, next week, ever. of course, we're doing this in the future. In the past, Chris, it's playing in the future. It's all confusing. But when this episode I don't have airs, a memoriam, bro. This uh, this episode will be right before our Father's Day episode, and we're going to feature one that CK made a suggestion of the List murders, John List, and that very creepy story about how he killed his family and left classical music yeah, playing guy. in the house. So when they found the bodies, they found them sprawled out with some classical music playing. That would really be fucked up. Uh, that's Happy a- Father's Day. I mean, it would have been cool, Joey, if he would have played like Rain and Blood yeah. or something like that. Well, but, you know, at the time, he didn't have that. Is there a better like song that just totally exemplifies the entire metal community than just Rain and Blood? You can yeah. always go back to it if you it want is. to. It is. It's yeah. a good default. It really is a good default. So we'll do that next week for Father's Day. So, well, guys, I think I hear that train coming with CK. He's coming in from Danbury on the 920. Uh, here is intro music. He's another one with intro music. The I don't have my own. Motherfucker. He the is. Great metal <laughs> motherfucker. So what do we got to do, Chris? Let's get our fucking metal on. Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers, and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut. Standing at six feet of brutal, punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. What's up, great metal motherfucker? How you doing, dude? I'm good. What's up with you guys? Oh, shit, how's Wildman Street cheating you? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's quiet, except for my neighbor across the way. No more volleyball games? Yeah, they doing the volleyball? No, or no, is that... no, that, that would be... Um, too many people? And, and, yeah, that'd be way too many. But right. I, I had an idiot in there. I'll explain it on the mayhem section. Okay. Real All quick. Right. Very good, very good. Well, good to have you on here, our hundredth episode, CK. Can you believe it? Um, no, I was, you know, I, I go day by day, but um, you know, hundred right. is, is is pretty epic, especially. It you know, is, man. Think I about mean, how it a, started, man. I know. Um, just a, an idea, and then you guys brought me on, and you no, know, we had our issues. Chris had a special assignment. 
Yeah. That we had to work around. I went to jail. That's what happened. Well, we called it a special assignment because I didn't know what you wanted me to tell the public. But yeah, his little stint in the county jail. We made it through all that. And I was holed up in the hospital for five, six weeks, whatever it was. Right. Doing the show from your hospital bed a couple times. That was pretty cool. Calling and not doing anything really metal, but just, you know, bullshitting while nurses are going around injecting me with medicine and right and uh ivs and all that fun shit yeah big time yeah we've done some interesting podcasts with you and all of us in different situations and so it's good to have you here it's good to be celebrating 100 and we are still here we got some friends here with us to have uh, bring in the good cheer uh alex and shannon and tucker you guys still holding up okay we're good oh yeah I don't know if anybody's gotten scared of anything here in the room or not. I know we were talking about Albert Fish earlier and got that fish mask there, the gray man with the blue eyes, pretty freaky looking. I was appreciating the uh, man's got to eat. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Randy Bo Bandy. Yeah. Randy Bo Bandy. Randy Bo Bandy. I love onion rings. Yeah. <laughs> so very good, CK. We're in metal, of course. And, uh, you know, we're not about doing the best of type shows for Milestones. We just like to do an episode, man. We're going to talk a little yeah. about the Milestone of 100, but... Fuck, we got too much shit to do, man, to sit here and bask in what we've done. We're forging the fuck on, and you came up with an interesting band this time. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I didn't do Possessed earlier. I know, yeah, that would have been the perfect band. is 2020. Yeah, but, of course. Um, would be stupid to do it again, but I went through like a list of bands that, that I wanted to do, and I think Electric Wizard is probably... You know, there's probably bands out there that, that have more to do with possession, but I I don't know enough about them. Right. Like I said, I'm not going to do a band that I'm not familiar with. But um, I think Electric Wizard pretty much, you know, they co- they cover the topics of of the occult. Right. Um, H.P. Lovecraft, stuff like that. So it kind of ties in a little bit. That's cool. Yeah, the song I'm going to play after you're done or, where, or metal is done is called Lucifer Slaves, so they certainly do dabble in that Shit, subject matter. Cool. Yeah, and they're, um, <laughs> they're 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 what you would call a, a or label as a doom band, uh, sludge band, wh- however you want to describe it. Right. These guys are formed in 1988. Um, the only original member is this dude, Just Osborne. He I like started the way a band you just called say this dude, Jess Osborne. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, not even just like this badass motherfucker bending. Just this average, dude. He's like this dude. This dude. <laughs> this dude. Um, he formed a band called Lord of Putrefaction. They put a got put out a couple splits, couple of um demos, then eventually changed the name to Grief Eternal. And again, they put out some splits and some some demos, and you, they're they're available on it. It's a CD. It's it's under the label Electric Wizard, but it's but the title is Pre Electric Wizard '89 and '94. It's a compilation of all those things before they actually became Electric Wizard. Now you may ask, where did they come up with the name Electric Wizard? Yeah, I was yeah, wondering well, about that. Is it like some smoking paraphernalia? Sounds like no, actually, actually. If you're a doom band, who's going to be your biggest influence? Black Sabbath. Yeah. Exactly. So they just took two songs. Uh-huh. Electric Funeral. <laughs> and The Wizard. They took Electric Funeral and The Wizard and formed Electric Wizard. 
makes uh, goddamn okay. lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, that uh, sounds like after a night of a lot of fucking beer drinking or oh, smoking sure or both, all of the above. I'm sure they were smoking a lot of pop. <laughs> so a lot of our songs deal with the, um, with as people, some people call it the devil's lettuce. Right. You know, a, friend, a friend of mine calls it the devil's lettuce, but. Yeah. That was a reefer madness thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, Eventually, the band signed to Rise Above Records, which is owned or run by Lee Dorian of Cathedral, who used to be the lead singer of Napalm Death before he formed Cathedral. Nice. Um, Napalm Death? Huh? Old Napalm Death? Remember we discussed Napalm Death, the first um, two albums? I drink a lot, dude. I drink a lot. Before Barney. the, The second side of Scum... That's yeah. when he started. He was oh, they switched oh, singers. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah, fucked I up. I do remember that now. Yeah, because then team, he was yeah. on. Then he was on the second album. Then they got Barney, and they came out with a self-titled debut album, which was pretty much a traditional, if you want to say, a traditional doom album. Um, a little bit more. I don't. I, I would say a little. Bit, as far as the music goes, a little bit more peppier than. The stuff after that, because after that they just got sick and down tuned and and dirty, as far as their sound. Right. Um. After after the debut, they recorded what the next two albums what are to become. Most fans consider them like the quintessential Electric Wizard albums. Um, Call my fanatics and Dope Throne. Um. Call My Fanatics was 1997. Dope Throne was um, 2000. And these albums completely turned the switch on what Doom was. I mean, it, it was almost like a dirge type music. It's so heavy. Right. And, and heavy so down and to it. Slow, like, dun, yeah. Dun. And, and, and slow. I mean, they make Sabbath look well, like, you know, friggin' Slayer. Right. As far as as far as speed. Yeah, for me, I like I, I the the doom stuff is just too slow for me. I could appreciate it, but I, I can't. It's not something I would listen to all the time. But I did check out a few tracks from these guys. I actually liked it, so I I, I would listen to them again. I mean, it's it's not a ta- it's it's kind of an acquired taste. It's not a taste that you're gonna put on this album and be like, oh wow, it's my favorite band. It's it's not gonna happen. You got to listen to them a couple times. Right. And you know. Some people love him, some people hate him, kind of like King Diamond. You either sure. like him or you hate him. And there's yeah. pretty much... And Chris hates him. We yeah, already know that's that. All right. hate him. That's all right. But that's cool. I didn't throw a punch at him or anything. No. Just, we don't have to like the same things. Uh, just eventually when I get down to, you know, I'll just have to kick your ass, but... Oh, damn. Or, or, or if, I, if I can't do I'll get somebody else to. But no, just joking. <laughs> love you, brother. Just joking with you. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably pay my Michael enough to kick my ass. Yeah, well, if you don't have to even pay him like, hey, anything, honestly. Give me a shot. I'll kick his ass. Well, CK Chris is holding up so far. He's sitting upright. He's completely fine. So he's oh, he's hanging good. in there. He's doing good. He's doing good. I remember the last. I remember the last Saturday, the Saturday we did a podcast. It didn't turn out too well. Yeah, that was a little little <laughs> oh, different. I came in drunk. I kept drinking. <laughs> it was a different. But Michael's got a bottle of something over there, and I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. But so far, he's <laughs> keeping himself in control. So far, so good. So far. 
see. You see why I do these during the day, CK? That's why we do this oh, like this. Oh, night, so. night, nighttime would be ridiculous. Yeah, it would be on a Saturday like this. Yeah, it would. Oh, I forget about it. A lot. So, all right. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you, bud. It's all right. But um, those two albums back-to-back were considered like the quintessential, you know, Electric Wizard albums. Right. And um, like I said, Jess Osborne is pretty much the only original member. He's gone through members like, just like, like um, each album pretty much has a different members. Um, I think the last couple albums, they had a consistent lineup. But, um, you know... They they put out nine albums and, and all of them are pretty much the same vein. It's not like you know Maiden where you go from Number of the Beast to Peace of Mind to Power Slave where you see a, a, a progression. progression like that. Right. You know you, you kind of get what 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 they are. You know, kind of like I I always refer back to AC, ACDC and Motorhead. When you buy an ACDC or Motorhead album, you know what you're going to get. It's right. not going to be anything different. And these guys are in the same vein, but obviously a little bit more slower. And right. um, all their albums are, are I, I dig all their albums. And like and like you said, you know, it's not a genre that or a band that you could just get into. Right. Um, you got to listen to them a couple times. And, and the I'm not going to lie, i never listen to them. <laughs> I mean, you know... The, the two main bands from from England, as far as the new, I guess the new wave of of doom, are Orange Goblin and Electric Wizard, and they're pretty much polar opposites. Yeah, I like Orange Goblin. Orange Goblin is more of the maybe Sabbath vein. Yeah, kind totally. of a, a heavier, a little bit faster, bluesier doom band, and. Electric Wizards is, is like I said, is kind of almost like a dirge band. Right. And um, no, they have they have a couple of songs that 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 are a little bit faster. Um, eventually, you know, they left um, Rise Above Records and formed their own label, distributed through Spine Farm Records. And um, the first album they put out was the last album, Wizard Bloody Wizard, which is really really good. It's probably one of their most, besides the um, debut, probably a little bit more of a peppier album than the previous ones. Okay. Um, right now, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're recording anything. Hmm. But they did form their own label, and supposedly everything after that's going to be on this label. But um, that's Wizard cool. Bloody they Wizard got came other on. bands on their label? No, it's just theirs. Just it's them. just for their own. Okay. Just for their own... Um, putting out their own stuff. That's cool. Um, you know, 2017 was the last album. I haven't heard anything about these guys since then. Um, but um, like I said, it, it their themes run from the occult, H.P. Lovecraft, to marijuana. So you get a little bit of um, a variety oh, as far as, right. as, far cool. as their um, lyrical content. That's cool. But... um. You, I dig them. Check them out. They're available on streaming platforms. Um, pretty much all their albums. Right. Um, you know, check them out if you can. Buy the physical CDs, like I said on my um, Facebook Live. If nobody saw it, bands are struggling. Right. You know, if you could actually physically buy a CD. Yeah, T-shirt. You know, any little, anything you can right. do. You know. 
you know, puts a little bit more money in their pocket than streaming because, right. you know, you don't get for shit for streaming. No, no, you don't. Now, you got a Lost Classic, CK. What you got uh, in the yeah, this is, on this one? This is one I, I forgot about, and I love this album. Um, this is this is the second uh, week in a row that you've given me a Lost Classic that's one of my favorite albums. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you know about it. So you know about this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Onslaught. Or I just gave Onslaught, it away. But, yeah. Search of Sanity. Um, another. I kind of tied it in because it's another band from England. They, um, they had two albums before this, and they had two different lead singers on each album. And and the quick story behind this album is they went in and recorded it. They were signed to a major label, London Records, and they recorded the vocals and gave London Records the um, the tapes. And they're like, "We don't like the vocals. Get rid of the lead singer." And the first two albums were were okay. They were nothing to write home about. They were kind of um, they were thrash, but they weren't like Bay Area Thrash. Right. And the first album was really sloppy because it used to be a punk band. Um, so the first album was sloppy. Yeah, the second okay. album... The second album was a little bit more tighter. Um, this album musically is is tight. So they needed a lead vocalist. And if you remember a band called Grim Reaper, um, yeah. lead singer Steve Grimmett, yeah. he yeah. became the lead singer. Oh, Okay. And when I heard he did, I was like, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. And they put out this album, and they put out in '89. And the first thing I don't know about I don't know about you, Joey, but the first thing I thought about when I heard this album is it was almost like if if Metallica put out anything after Master of Puppets, this album would have been it. Yeah, yeah, I could. I never thought of it that way, but I can see that for sure. But um, wow, it's they, that good, huh? It, it's really good. Um, I didn't think it was going to be that good, and I and I, I listen to it all the time. And and Steve Grimmett meshed with these guys really well. Hmm. The the songwriting was ten times better than what they did on the previous albums. And Steve Grimmett was in the band for two years, and they broke up. Um, up until two thousand four, then they came back, and. Um, they bought Psykeel or the previous vocal vocals back. They put out a couple albums, not not as good as as In Search of Sandy, but they're, they're not bad albums. And um, just uh, to, to let you know what happened with Steve Grimmett is he eventually reformed his own version of Grim Reaper. Right. Um, he had a health issue. Yeah, didn't back he lose a, a leg? Ago. Did he he lose? had he had a bad infection in his leg, and they had to amputate it. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he still performs. Um, wow. He's got a prosthetic leg, and for a while he actually performed in a wheelchair. Right. I think but, I saw um, pictures of that. Yeah, and he <clears> just, <throat> they just came out with an album last year or the year before. Wow. Um, and it's not a bad album. You know, the, the, the Grim Reaper stuff was new wave of British heavy metal, the vein type. Right. As opposed to the thrash of Onslaught. But if you could find this album, get it. It's, it's almost impossible to find it. at this point. It was re-released. I actually looked on um, Google Play and Apple Music. It's not available. Hmm. Um, if you want to go to, um, if you want to go to YouTube, you could listen to it on YouTube. Okay. Well, I did hear that Google but, um, Play is going to become YouTube Music. So if you have a Google Play oh, account, really? yeah, I got a, some sort of a thing about that. 
where uh, yeah, your YouTube uh, or your Google Play playlists will only be good for a period of time. So it'll all switch over to YouTube Music, which apparently is uh, already. If you have a Google account, you could switch them. You could use either one. And here, before too long, Google Play will go away, and it'll just be YouTube That's Music. Up, That's dude. what I just found out the other day. Yeah. Oh, so I've been using Google Music for years. So, and I don't have yeah, really I, I, any playlists, so it doesn't matter to me. But my my son Joey, he we he's on my plan with me, and and he uses it too, and he does use the playlist. So. Well, that sucks. Yeah, but you could transfer them. You have to do it now. That's what I was letting them oh, know okay. that it's now. You could transfer them over, and it's fine. So I, I have all three of them. That's um, cool. Actually, yeah, I like but, it. Um, well, cool. That's uh, yeah. I mean, it's always nice to have a classic like that. You might have, you know, like obviously the whole point of it. You forgot about it. It's something you want to revisit, and it kicks ass. And there's nothing wrong and, with and that. And the fact that Joe, that Joey knew about it yeah that's pretty, that's pretty cool that's cool that is cool i i as a matter of fact i still have the cassette that's probably oh, worth some really? money now that you said you can't yeah probably it. Oh, it probably is <laughs> probably I, I know i i got two versions i think one version is worth like 300 bucks or some damn. shit like that. damn <laughs> God damn dude well we talked about <laughs> earlier the 666 club if people need to join that for three bucks a month you can get on uh, patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem and subscribe and become a member of the 666 Club. They get the uh, episodes a day early. They get the notes for the show. They get uh, 10% off merch. They get uh, exclusive content and the karaoke songs as soon as I get them done. So you get all this shit if you're a 666 Club member. So we appreciate the support, and uh, we'll link to that in the episode description. Now, CK, one thing on the national front I wanted to mention is the New Fates warning. I saw they were... Uh, yeah. recording Bobby finished some drum recording at home and now they're doing a 13th album 13th with 13 album. songs on it that's going to be and fucking Ray said awesome he, he's recorded 13 songs I don't know if there's actually going to be 13 songs or, oh okay you know maybe, maybe they'll do what they oh. did with the previous album where they have Whittle the bonus disc who knows right right but I, I am stoked cool. to hear that yeah me too me too any other it's national stuff I know it's kind of slow now with all this COVID nineteen shit going on. The um, I know Indie Merch is shipping the uh, Merciful Fate reissues. Okay. Including the um, original Nuns Have No Fun EP. Oh, nice. By itself, which hasn't been been available for like thirty years. Yeah, with that cover too. With that cover. Yeah. Oh fuck! Nice. And I it's got, only like eight I got bucks. one of those. Yeah, so do I. It's only eight bucks. Oh wow. Um. And they, I know they actually shipped them early. It's supposed to be out June or May 22nd. They had, they actually shipped them out. I got my notification yesterday. Cool, cool. So, All right. Any local stuff going on, Joey, Chris, anything? Local bands, hearing about anybody doing anything at all? Uh, <laughs> Not a whole I think lot. everybody's just yeah. kind of trying to figure uh, this thing out, waiting for the smoke to clear. So. When the bars ain't open. Yeah. I know, so it's unfortunate. You know, any bands out there listening, if you got anything to put out, new music going on, or you know, new T-shirt design, let us know. We'd be happy to spread I'll, the word. I'll let them know. Uh, uh, some Goremonger tidbit is uh, yeah. I've never put out anything on vinyl before, and I put in for a DIY press of a seven-inch um, cool. Goremonger album, and since i had to i had to find something that was mono and not in stereo it, like there was all these stipulations doing oh wow that was different than what i was used to huh. and also i only had six minutes aside 
So what really? I did is I took my very first Gormonger demo, which has never been available besides the whatever we fucking did ourselves back uh, in the day, back, yeah, 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 15 right. years ago. Right. And I actually put that out on the seven inch that's coming in. It's gonna be a fucking oh, cool. fully DIY thing, you know. Nice. But it'll be cool. To and be what's available. it gonna be called? Uh, Whores these days. Nice. That was the name of the first EP. Yeah, well, let, let me know, Joey. I'll, I'll, I'll send you on Oh, money. yeah, for sure. I think I'm only getting like 18 of them or 20 of them. Something small, small run. Right. I'll make sure you get one so you get Fuck yeah, oh, cool. man. Awesome. That's awesome. Always good to hear from you, Joey, and what's going on with Gormonger. Yeah, man. also, CK should have my new CD in the mail any day now. Yeah, yeah I'm anxious to hear I, what I know, he says. I know um, I know. mail's been slow because yeah. I got some come from New York. I think they yeah. shipped it the same day. Yeah. And I still haven't gotten it. Yeah. It is it so. is acting weird. All right, well we've educated the masses with some metal tonight, CK. So what do we need to do next, my friend? We're gonna do some mayhem. Looking to put a bit of gas into your life? Nothing livens up a party faster than ripping ass for a house full of guests at a dinner party. We can teach you the fart to music in our master flatulence course. It's really a gas. Our students can toot away to old school country, farts to counter to some upbeat jazz, or get down and nasty on some wet ass sax to some funky R&B. So, call us today at Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy in Matthew, Illinois, and find out what your ass has been missing all these years. Don't let another moment go by without letting your colon do the talking. We can make it happen. I got a fart, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I think what's most interesting to me about that commercial is just the amount of time that went into adding fart sound effects yeah. and like all this stuff. Yeah, it's like, like there's a thousand things I, I could just, be working on, but I had to put I that I just picture Pete together. like sitting very intently, very seriously at a laptop like, like mm, yeah, one more <laughs> fart noise here. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube is the shit with that kind of stuff. I mean, you can find literally any sound you want on YouTube. That's usually a good way to go. So a uh, little trade secret there. So. All right. Well, we are in mayhem. CK, good to have you back. Uh, of course, the guys yeah. from the Black Crypt podcast are still here. What's going on, guys? Living the dream. Very good. Yeah. Well, you've survived so far. <laughs> now you see how it is happens here. <laughs> and Joey Gormonger's still here hanging still out. Here. Nice, nice. Chris, you doing okay over there, buddy? I'm all right, dude. All right, very good. Well, and Michael good. over there provide just the moral support. Yeah, yeah, up a he's just chugging along Walker. over there. Yeah, yeah, he he's <laughs> doing just fine. So it's in his blood. So best tight band in the world. <laughs> that uh, that song we heard was Electric Wizard in their song Satan Slaves, and also that Mad Gasser Flatulence Academy 
commercial, Joey, you did the voiceover there. I love writing those commercials, especially when I have you in mind because you get the announcer yeah. voice thing down. It sounds so funny. Both of the Ed Gein ones are just like so fucking perfect. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Gein vagina maintenance. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, those yeah. are pretty bad. So we've done some good ones. Ben Wyinger Management, yeah, uh, DC the- Sniper Home Protection. <laughs> Uh, Pogo Party Fun. Pogo yeah, party we've done fun. some good ones, so <laughs> like to have a little fun with it. And, um, of course, uh, we're talking, uh, you know, mayhem. Anybody got a good uh, mayhem story they want to uh, get off their chest? CK, you said you had a story uh, you wanted to share? I mean, I got a neighbor cry. You've been, you've been to my house. Yeah. If, if, you, if you look out my, my door, directly across, there's a house, and it's got three floors it's got uh, a fire escape that goes up three floors the third floor is is the the platform is probably five five feet by five feet so i go looking out the other night and these idiots have a friggin charcoal grill up there oh god a big big charcoal grill so (laughs) grilling with and it's windy out. I don't I'm even like, know who oh. Wendy is, dude. No, I'm just fucking with you. I'm fucking with you, CK. I'm fucking with you, dude. She's the girl that has the frosties. And, uh, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. If, if this guy's drunk and and this grill goes over, my fucking garage is gonna go on fire. Right. So I'm I'm just watching this idiot, and he's and he's on the stairs trying to grill. I'm like, just fucking bring it down. Are you that fucking stupid? Wow. People can't be that fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Have you uh, met I don't know, dude. I would, dip, <laughs> my I would beg is. to differ. My neighbor is, you know. But uh, it's just something that, that I, I was like, all, all you need is a little wind come, some fire gets blown, there's bushes, thing goes up, my garage goes up. Right. You know. So check this out. I'm going to tell a little story. Okay. I'm going to be like Will Smith. Here's a little story I got. <laughs> like, it's not the one Mike wants. He's over here. I know what you want. But that ain't happening, bro. All right. So remember I told the story about the Jeep and like the whole story? Yeah. Well, there's another story about the Jeep. Like I said, when I was young, I was stupid. Older and I'm not as stupid. <laughs> a different kind of stupid. So, yeah. We're in the same Jeep coming back from Pontiac, same style. But on the other hand, we picked up my buddy uh, Tom. Or was it Tom? Tony? <laughs> Tony. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we're like cruising through the country. I got like Cannibal Corpse just blasting on the stereo. Right. I'm smoking a cigarette in one hand. Smoking a joint in the other hand, driving with my knee with a beer between my legs. And <laughs> so Tony just looks at me he's like, dude, you're fucking nuts. So I just turn Multitasking. Back and I look at him I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. And I don't even got a driver's license. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what the fuck, dude? And I was like, yeah, this is happening. We made it home, though. Wow. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's a quick one, but it was fun. <laughs> like I said, when I was young, I was dumb. Yeah, well, we all did some stupid <laughs> It's hard shit. to believe you were ever on special assignment. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> Joey, what about you? You got any little mayhem tales you want to tell? Uh, I got some mayhem. I got a couple tales I'm going to tell. Not today, though. I'm gonna, I, I would like to personally hear if the Black Crypt has something 
something yeah, to happen, guys, like yeah. some mayhem that happened on your fork. Oh, you boys uh, have some. Oh, man. You yeah. know, I'm sure there's plenty, but I bet you guys, yeah. you guys got. got something you want to talk about? <laughs> Anything well, we you were just can talk, talk about? <laughs> we were just talking about earlier, but because um, the the topic of whiskey came out, and right. so basically, when this is something that we'd spoken with you guys about at the dark history, the first dark history and horror con that we went to, right. and that like uh, so early on in the podcast. It, now it's it's benign and it's like a job you know you come we record the podcast and then we all go home we're not really on that yeah and then so but early on it was it was different we would go to uh, the studio time. and we would all just immediately start drinking we were hanging out we would play afterwards we'd play video games and drinking games and all this kind of shit well uh, we er- we learned very early on that uh, if we're going to drink while we're recording, beer <laughs> is the only alcohol <laughs> that we can drink consume. Yeah, that's because usually a good thing. Came in. And halfway through <laughs> an episode, do you remember what, I don't even remember what the episode was that we were recording at the time. No, I don't either. I just know Jameson was involved. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so halfway through the recording, and it's taken a long time because we're drinking, Alex is like, I got to go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom. We're just sitting there talking, shooting the shit. And then all of a sudden, he just noticed Alex never came back. He's gone. He's like, oh, I, I, I'm out, boys. Yeah. Got so that was early on. We, were, we realized that if we're going to drink, then beer is the only alcohol of choice. Yeah. Yeah. We could make it through an entire recording. It's on probably a good like, idea. Like back, like back in uh, when we were still up in P's bedroom to record. Oh like, boy! It was uh, the whiskey night. I, yeah. I, I drank whiskey. Cashman was there that night, and they're oh, both fuck. looking at me like, "This motherfucker <laughs> here." Yeah, you could hear him degrade <laughs> as the episode goes on till he's almost incoherent yeah. in the outro, yeah, it and it's a, like, "Holy um, shit!" I got a quick story that I can tell from something that happened to me and Shannon when we were younger. Fuck yeah, dude! Um, I don't know why, but we were all drinking one night, and we got the idea that we should just go start kicking mailboxes. And <laughs> oh, so, damn. That story, that one is long and it's long, but I'm, I'm no, gonna no, make it. No, no, go on with it, bro. Go on with it. I'm gonna make it as short as possible, but. And there's probably four of us walking down the street, and we are all taking turns kicking mailboxes. And this is in our, the town that we live in, so this right. is already a fucking dumb idea. Right. And we're all on foot. We're just walking down the street, and I'm like, oh, I got the next one. I walk up, and I just kick this. I like Bruce Lee this fucking mailbox. <laughs> and, and then I turn around, and everybody's gone. And I'm like, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck, guys? Just and then like, all of a sudden, that. this cop fucking the spotlight just beams right oh, on me and I'm like damn. oh yeah. shit and then it's just the point like do I go or not and I'm just like I'm fucking gone so I fucking take off running <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. and I'm hiding in this guy's yard everybody we don't know this is way before cell phones were even really right, a right, thing yeah, yeah. so we don't know where right. each other's at and oh uh, yes some guy was sitting course. on his back porch and I'm laying in his backyard and his dog is going ape shit like barking at me barking at me barking at me <laughs> yeah. and this guy's like hey I can see you I can see you and I'm just like still just laying there trying not to move because I maybe he really doesn't see me but he's like he's like I, I think can see he does. you yeah. yeah and then I'm just like shut the fuck up like, <laughs> and then finally he opens the door and his dog comes chasing me the oh, cop God. starts oh, no. you know following us all over the and I, I can't ima- I can't remember exactly what happened to Shannon but Shannon you can tell your what your portion of the story oh, was man. after that but. so uh, <laughs> so what happened with that was 
We oh. had prior to Alex kicking that mailbox set, dude, if any cops come out, it's every man for himself. Well, sure enough, <laughs> Alex goes to kick the mailbox, and then we start seeing the squad car with oh, those, those yellow lights, the yeah. parking lights. Yeah, yeah. On, it comes cruising by, we're like, oh shit, we start running. Alex just gets done kicking that mailbox, and the spotlight beams on him, and he just looks behind <laughs> himself, and he throws his arms in the air and goes, the fuck, guys? <laughs> and so then he runs into the yard, but we're already in this big yard. Oh, shit. It's my, it's my cousin and myself that are sitting there, and Levi and another friend of ours had already taken off down the road back to my house. So we're sitting there, and we hear this this dog barking, and the coppice now slowly came to a crawl with this spotlight in this guy's yard that has many trees, and Alex is like on the ground, and he's like ducking and weaving behind Army trees in the spotlight. Yes, yeah, like that. Nice. And right. all of a sudden, we just hear that boom, 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 boom. Get the fuck out of here! And like I'm just staying quiet because like I don't want to draw attention to the cop. And he's yelling at Alex, and he does this three more times, and finally Alex oh, just goes, fuck. "Shut the fuck up!" And the guy's taken back by. It. He's like, "This is my yard. Why are you telling me to shut up?" So then he opens up the door. He's got a that ball is bat. That's so classic, bro. I love it. He's got a ball bat. His dog takes off after a friend that we didn't even know was further behind us. His dog's chasing our other friend. He's coming at us with a bat. Alex shoves me and goes, oh shit! And I see Alex running as the spotlight goes from looking through the grass to clicking onto him and nice. following him the whole way nice. as he's in Doc Martin wow. dress shoes and a zebra jacket. Yeah, Doc Martens, yeah. Oh, wow. You learn who your real friends are when the yeah, police show yeah. up. <laughs> and obviously oh, Alex shit, had no real so friends. Yeah, I guess not. Hell yeah, boys. Left him hanging, man. <laughs> that was a good one, man. That's always Fuck a good yeah. That's Good time awesome. we get some friends in here talking about some mayhem. Dude, so. fucking tearing up the mailboxes like the one time we went out and we'd watch Days of Confused, you know, and fucking right, right, yeah, right. driving in my fucking buddies because we're like sixteen or whatever, driving in his mom's minivan, hanging out the window bashing <laughs> yeah. the, and I just remember my one buddy, he was a fucking idiot anyway, but he fucking we're cruising around the country and he goes to fucking swing that motherfucker, wax that fucking mailbox, it just ricochets the bat back breaks the window out of this middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hollywood's like a bitch, isn't it? It makes yeah. it look so easy when yeah. they're doing it. Yeah. Use a wood wow. bat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Because it just shattered. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Even funnier that we have a mailman here. Yeah. 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 That's a federal crime, sir. That's a whole different thing here. Full so. circle now. Well, very cool. Well, we have a thing here in uh, Mayhem we call Killer oh, Cage fuck. Match, so... We enjoyed doing some Killer Cage Match, and so this time, since we've got this special uh, 100th episode, we thought we'd do something a little bit different, and what we typically do is we open uh, up the uh, list of uh, 60 killers and 60 objects, and we get our friends uh, and fans out there to give us the random numbers to come up with the... Uh, people that are going to fight in the cage match. Who so this time, since we got uh, we got uh, horror and uh, the possession episode going on, we thought we'd come up with a little matchup here. And Joey, who do we got uh, fighting tonight, man? Uh, we're going to have um, Reagan, Reagan, obviously the Linda Blair's character in The Exorcist, of course, of course. Emily yeah. up against uh, the Exorcism Emily Rose, Emily yeah. Rose. Yeah. Wow. So we got okay. Emily Rose All right. and uh, Reagan going at it in a steel cage. Okay. So that's the fighters, but you guys get to pick how they're fighting, what they're right. Fighting the objects okay. we get. To, we get. I came up with a special list just for this. Last time uh, we had two women. Remember that? And it seemed it just laying it out seems more like a porno to me. It's hard <laughs> to get in the killer cage. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, wait, I got two bitches? Hell yeah. So we got this special list of 10 objects. So I need you guys to give me two numbers from 1 to 10. Uh, and we'll, those will be the objects they're going to fight with. So Seven. Okay. Four. All right, very good. Uh, number four is a set of six daggers. And number seven is a torch that lights forever. So we got Reagan, we got Emily Rose fighting to the death in a cage with a set of six daggers and a torch that just keeps relighting over let and over me, again. So, so these weapons are just like laying in the middle? Yeah. Like yeah. dodge a fight over again. Like yes. who gets yeah. to it first? Right. Okay, so, gotcha. the, so the Based whistle blows and blah. these two are going at it with this shit. What do you guys think, man? Who's... Any two of them got a physical upper hand on the other? Well, if we're going by what we were saying earlier, I think Emily Rose has the superhuman strength advantage. She's going <laughs> to get there yeah. first. However, okay. though, I know, okay, so I know we can't really talk about, like, the actress that played Emily Rose or anything, but sure. the sister from Dexter, like, she is <laughs> she is as big around as my pinky. Yeah, Jennifer Carpenter? Yeah, Jennifer Carpenter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, okay, so she's tiny, but at the same time, she's got that demonic supernatural strength. But they, right. you know, so does Reagan. Yeah, Reagan so, does too. That's true. I'm going to give Reagan the advantage on agility for a spider crawling back or like crab crawling oh, backwards yeah. down the yeah. stairs. That I was feel sick. like she could that, I feel like she could tiptoe. That's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Isn't it though, dude? That's so fucking yeah. creepy, man. I, I feel like she could tiptoe around the top of the cage and like jump off and like spider uh, around and everything. Okay. So I'm going to give her the agility part. Yeah. <laughs> the hell in a cell, exactly. Literally. Yeah. Joey, what do you think, man? I mean, if you want my impression of this already, it's going to be a quick one because uh, Reagan doesn't live because she takes the, the torch and the daggers and fucks herself to death with them. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I'm going with that. Yeah. yeah but she did damn. that already and she survived. But then again... But then again, uh, we have the martyr aspect. On the other end, does she try and kill herself first before right. the other one can get to it? So maybe uh, it's not even a cage match at all. Maybe it's who, who can kill, kill themselves, themselves the first. fastest. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah if you go back to the Annalise McKell thing yeah. with yeah. this dying yeah. for the greater good type of thing. Now, I did the other... this for you, Damien. <laughs> right? With the nanny. Yeah. Alex Shane, what's nice. your thoughts on the, the fight? Omen. Yeah, I kind of lean that way. I think it's it probably just ends up who kills who first. If I had, to, if it was an actual, honest to god, like fight, to, like fight to fight, I think I'm gonna give it to Reagan. I yeah, think she was. I, I think I'm she was more possessed. I mean, yeah, and she like she can blind with uh, the projectile pea soup vomit right, and everything. Right, yeah. yeah, and I feel she'll make more of a spectacle out of it than. Emily Rose would. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably. CK, you got anything to add to that? Oh, it's going to be Reagan. It's going to be Reagan. I think everybody's everybody's agreeing with that. Old school. Come on, you you stab yourself in the twat 400 times and (laughs) it does nothing. (laughs) What are you going to do? Right. Now, in the Tony Campagna clip, we're going to play the interview I did with Tony. I asked him who would win with uh, Reagan and Emily Rose, so we'll see what he has to say here in a minute. But just so you guys know, the other objects on that special objects list of 10... Uh, number one was a four-foot heavy wooden cross. Number two was a 55-gallon drum of holy water. Number three, 666 rosary beads. Uh, number four, a set of six daggers, which you picked. 
For number five, this was my favorite, a vibrator shaped like the Virgin Mary. Number six, a five-gallon bucket of boiling pea soup. Number seven, the torch that lights forever, which you guys picked as well. Number eight, a large leather-bound Bible. Number nine, a set of brass knuckles. That would have been fun. And uh, number ten, the wood steak and mallet. So... Nice, nice little killer cage. I like the match vibrator is shaped like Virgin Mary. Yeah, yeah. It no, takes that, it definitely. That's like it one does. of the best things ever, dude. It's like the <laughs> difference between just using a plain old rubber cock and and like an actual vibrator for Reagan. I think it just yeah. depends. Yeah, fuck she could me, have taken me, herself me. right into the 20th century. I'm surprised on that. that's not out there somewhere already. It oh, I'm it sure. It is. It is. They have a they have a vibrator to go to fucking Danville and find out. Hey, Michael, reach up above you and grab that dick. Hey, no, we got to fucking... Open the cabinet. There's there's Tony Campagna. That's right. Uh, There's a dick that he made. Uh, yeah, he's day. pulling it out of the drawer. Or, oh yeah, that looks nothing like so my dick. So it's not, it's you know, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Tony and, and his penis, so uh, we're gonna play a clip here from the interview I did with Tony Campagna. Let's see what Tony thinks about that uh, cage match. We do this uh, little interview with Tony. So hang tight. I have the privilege to be doing this interview with Tony Campagna of Spellbound Effects and Art. Tony is a sponsor of the show and is one hell of an amazing artist. Tony, thanks for coming uh, on the show and taking time from Creating Mayhem to come uh, talk to me. And how are things with the pandemic going with you guys and uh, everybody down there? Yo, um, it's going. Uh, It's definitely a, a... A different world we live in now it's very yeah, strange but it is you know um uh, uh, you just kind of adapt i mean I, i'm you know i was telling you earlier you know i had a day job and, and was let go after like 21 years and, and always did this on the side and now yeah. it kind of gave me a kick in the ass to you know get it going full time and now i'm doing this like all day every day and wow i love it and, yeah, you know, making nothing like making severed penises and drinking coffee every morning. <laughs> um, you know, most people are you know checking their email. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. I'm making sure the urethra is just has the proper <laughs> amount of blood in it. That's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now I asked you to make us something for the hundredth episode. My yeah, suggestion was, was an inverted cross made of human skin. Trying to keep it simple, but in your mind, you interpreted the 100th episode on demonic possession a bit differently, and so I'd like you to explain this fucking thing that I'm looking at on my dining room table. It is the most fucking intense shit I've ever seen you do. Like, whoa, how did you come up with this and explain this to... That one was fun. Um, When I think of demonic possession, I think of a parasite. Okay. Um, so, hence why all the tentacles and, and the grossness coming out of the yeah, it's got like snot kind of shit dripping from it and everything. <laughs> it's fucking cool. The grosser, the better. Oh, it's More amazing. Gore. But um, uh, and then you know, I, I I went with the whole the you know the, the crosses all carved into it. Kinda. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge fan. I love like in the mouth of madness, and that's a oh yeah a big influence that with the with the cross. And he didn't carve them into them. Just it was, you know, but that's kind of where I was right. going with it, and and I was thinking of adding, you know, a priest collar or a uh, rosary bead, but it looked done to me, and 
Oh, that, that's hard to find out when it when something's done, you know. Yeah, that's you it's absolutely amazing. And... The blood looks wet on the steak and the base from the angle I'm looking Actually, at. Actually, my it. my uh, my daughter made the steak for me. Oh, nice! They were bored because they're out of school and they're like, oh, you know, sure. just hanging out here. Some fun art like projects making, at the Campagna house. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. I give them a Dremel tool and I'm like, make this pointy. So you know, an hour and a half, two hours later, you know, wow. several dowels of wood later. That's they hilarious. Kind of right, but. That's funny. No, that it's amazing, man. It's really, really great. It's a perfect piece to the table with the lamp. And the forearm, and man, it's just, it's sick. We got uh, the 100th episode, we're going to have your stuff on the table, plus our exorcism kit, and I got some black candles, oh, we're going to light it up, it's going to be sick, so nice. pretty psyched for this. Awesome. Now, um, do you have any favorite movies or books that tie or deal with possession, because that's the theme, of course, Shoot. of this 100th episode, Shoot. but do you have any particular ones um, um, there's so many. Like I watch so many movies. Like I've seen, I can They all kind of almost blend together. But right. things that stick out more recent uh, that I just the first thing that can't come to my mind is the new remake of Evil Dead, and uh, <laughs> the when the you know I don't know if that's I, yeah that was a possession because yeah locked in the basement and then she turns into that but that was just the blood that's i mean it, that oh, was yeah. sick yeah um of course exorcism and that's a classic uh I, I like all the you know like the possession of um hannah or whatever that was hannah rose or emily rose like. emily rose yes yeah. that one was all right um but yeah and as far as books um yeah, nothing really comes to mind. I haven't read anything. Were you ever into recent. like Poe or Lovecraft or any of that kind of stuff? No, my wife is huge. My wife is okay. huge. Um, but yeah, like you know, I I, I read a little bit um, some Stephen King stuff, but like like lately, I haven't. You know, I get on a kick and you yeah. know, it's like anything else. Oh yeah, no, I get it. You're busy now. You're making uh, body parts. You know. Well, I'm not making buy. Yeah, I just want to like. Uh, now nothing else is on Netflix or any of those. Like, right. I've seen, like everything there is, to, I've seen like the end of everything. Like, yeah, I know. There's I know nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mine Hunters was a good show. I loved the Mine Hunters. Yeah, Mine Hunters was good. The, the new season was cool. I dug it. I love their son of Sam. The guy they had played him was looked a lot like him. I thought. Yeah, uh, Wayne Kemper, Williams Kemper too. too yeah. yeah, they they all are spot on, man. That's for sure. Now, you know on the show, Tony, you listen to the show, we do Killer Cage Match, okay? And on this 100th episode, uh, we're going to do a special Killer Cage Match. And what I want to do is play your response to this question after we actually <laughs> do it. So this is going to be interesting. Because okay. it's, a, it's a possession episode, we're going to have uh, in a steel cage fighting to the death Reagan from The Exorcist versus Emily Rose. So we got these two chicks going at it to fight till the death in this cage. Who do you like in this contest, man? I mean, what do you think might go down if those two were fighting in a cage? Uh, Reagan, of course. You going with Reagan? Of course. Okay. Hands down, Reagan. Definitely. Okay. Spit some pea soup in the eye. She can't see shit. Nice. Done. 
Okay. <laughs> Spits a piece of pea soup in the eye. Very cool. Is that what it was, right? Like, yeah, like it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, that's funny. That's awesome, man. I, I like your but answer. But yeah, no, Reagan. Definitely Reagan. That's, All right. That's, she's an My money would be on Reagan, too. Just old school, tip to the old school yeah. type thing. Uh, I actually met her when she was like in her early 20s. All right, so there you go. A little piece of that uh, with Tony Campagna. He went with Reagan as well, guys. So yeah, I think that's yeah. the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah I think so as you well. You cannot go wrong with mm -hmm. And fun to hear some of his inspiration on creating old Spike here for us for this 100th podcast. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting guy and I'm definitely gonna... awesome artist, that's for sure. Spellbound effects. I think I'm going to find out a new name for him. I'm going to take a couple pictures, show it to my daughters. My daughters okay. are going, oh. Yeah, see if they can come up with a good name. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Tony, uh, when he was talking about this piece, I'm not sure um, if it was on that interview clip or not, but uh, about his daughter was the one that made the steak for the uh, oh, for okay. it. He said, "Just make yeah, me yeah. a steak out of this dowel rod," and she did. And she fired and, it out. Very yeah, cool. so <laughs> pretty awesome. Utilizing children to make demonic looking. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, what I do. Uh, <laughs> You've met my kids, effects, right? So yes, yeah. well, for sure. <laughs> So anyway, um, very, very cool. Uh, check out SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Pick up something today. So amazing. Um, I'd like to talk about some movies and books that we all like uh, that have to do with the topic demonic possession. Um, like I said earlier, for me, it's The Exorcist. I, I love the book. I love the movie. I love that the writer that wrote the book also wrote the screenplay, which is pretty rare. Um, I love The Exorcist 3, which really should have been called Legion because yeah. that's what the book was. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a whole different story. But And it's too bad he's passed now. I would have loved to have done an interview with him. Um, the whole story is just amazing. The Exorcist book, I think, sets the benchmark. Um, now, what do you guys think? Joey, I know you're really into horror films and books and what were some of the ones on possession that you seem to gravitate toward? Uh, a couple that I really like about Possession Amityville Horror 2 2 2 because <laughs> <laughs> that told a little bit more of the story I think of the DeFeo family and it was oh, like yeah. it was super humorous too like right. it's just an all around good horror movie right and uh, I, I thought Haunting Connecticut was really good for more of a modern one I thought yeah. that was done well yeah now one that I wanted to bring up because I always feel like it gets forgotten a lot but one of my favorite is Barbara Hershey in The Entity Okay. About a basically this lady who's constantly getting raped by this ghost. That's uh, the one you brought over. The <laughs> yeah, other day, right? yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It was it was put out by a major company. Like it was a it was a major release and stuff, but obviously didn't take off so hot. Uh, but to be honest, the story itself is really fucking creepy, and it's a good telling huh. of uh, uh, demonic possession. Okay, very cool. What about you guys, Black Crip Podcast? Boy, sounds like a real fucking yeah. drug bust going on over there. Something's coming through. <laughs> now you gotta remember, I'm right by the hospital. Oh, that's God right. Is, okay? <laughs> wow. You gotta fucking sell, stop selling crack and hookers, bro. <laughs> no, but what about you guys with demonic possession movies and books and stuff? We actually got a handful, and uh, I'll let each of us uh, take one. One of Tucker's. Fa <laughs> yeah. 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 You want to go ahead with your uh, favorite Tales from the Crypt movie? 
Oh, yeah. oh my god! That's got yeah. possession my, in it. One of my absolute favorite horror films of all time is Tales from the Crypt: Demon Knight, nice. which yeah. does have some <laughs> uh, some level of possession that takes place in it. What a fantastic movie! And with the time and budget and everything that they had for the film, just really wonderfully done. Talk about like metal and SMN, yeah. SNM, and all that kind of stuff built into it. The demons that they created for that movie probably the best. It uh, just incredible. Yeah. And on top of that, Billy Zane. I, a lot of my my wife has an ultra crush on Billy Zane from when he played the Phantom, <laughs> but awesome. in Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, perfect yeah. role for him. Yeah. Just like I'm tired of all this hooting, tooting, cowboy bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah, right there. So yeah, that's my pick. Cool. And, uh, trailing off of that, uh, decent way that Billy Zane put it with more of a you know the demon isn't like just this completely malicious force. Uh, the nun from oh, yeah. American Horror Story and the yeah. demon that possessed her was just kind of like having fun, yeah. just screwing around to the point where they're even asking the demon, you know, hey, what's your thought on this on one episode? And the demon's just kind of like, eh, you know. And it <laughs> Not was to be very... confused with the nun from the... Yeah, that movie. From the Conjuring oh, universe. They, they, yeah. If you if you want to know our thoughts on the Conjuring universe, check out one of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then uh, definitely my second pick that I have to still put out there Evil Dead. Oh, oh yeah, of course. So That's good. one of mine. That is so good. That, that, that is see, ridiculous. When it came around to me, that was going to be one of mine. Yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah. Sorry, I swapped Evil Dead. Like, what about you, Alex? Straight, you got any you uh, want to bring up? Uh, the couple left on the list that are good honorable mentions, I feel like, are um, Ouija. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That one was pretty good, too. It was actually a movie I stumbled on. That I'm like, eh, we'll see if it's any good. I didn't have very high expectations. And it actually been ended up being a really good movie. Um, Sinister, the first one, yeah. was yeah. actually Sinister really solid. Awesome. fucking good, man. Yeah, that was yeah. a good movie. The second yeah. one, not so much, but the first one was definitely high, uh, high on my list for sure. Sinister nice. just came available again on Netflix, so if you haven't seen it, it's uh, oh, there okay. right now. It just came out, yeah. Pretty uh, cool. Just because, uh, regarding what he just said about Ouija, another uh, Kevin Tenning did Night of the Demons, which is an awesome oh, fucking... Yeah. <laughs> but he also did Witchboard, which is a great yeah. possession. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. Night of the Demons, the, the remake or the I, original? I like all four. All four Night of the Demons. Dude, there's four of them. I didn't realize yeah. there's that many. Yeah. Oh, and, and you have no idea. And each one, they like How feel many the same fucking image on DVD. of Angela floating I'm, from the first one. And yeah. And then the, the remake, of course, with Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth, yeah. I mean, it's not to the fucking to the standards of the first one. The first one to me is like a masterpiece. Right. Um, but I thought as a remake, like it was pretty cool, and I like how they made the demons in it. But it's still just like a. No. And also a has copy. Uh, what the the hell is the actor's name that played uh, the the kid on Terminator Two? Oh, uh, Edward Furlong. Yeah, Edward Furlong is in the remake of Night yeah. of the Demons yeah. with Shane Elizabeth. And he's just yeah. a drug dealing loser, which <laughs> yeah. is I think what he became anyway. Yeah. Oh, so he he lived life. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Chris, what about you, man? Any that you want to add to the conversation? Uh, I literally just watched. Exorcism Emily Rose yesterday. Okay, so that's a good like, one. No, that's no, that's great. But everything we just talked about, like right, like everything's been covered. Yeah, CK, what about you, man? No, of course the Exorcist. That's a benchmark, and right. still forty six years later, it still freaks me out. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the other one which I love, which is kind of like a B movie, is the car. Like, yeah, the possessed car. Oh yeah, I love the that car. movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> CK turned me on to that. I didn't know about that movie, and I bought it after he told yeah, me that. Yeah, did you he like came it? Over, no, Robert? the three of us, me, Robert. Michael, and Cashman, Cashman brought it over. Yeah. He sat there and watched That yeah. movie's so badass. Bro. It's one of the best PG movies I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, nice. And you have no How idea. Can, it's like, oh, this is PG? <laughs> yeah. How can you not like a Lincoln Continental that's possessed? Right? Yeah. That's funny. Well, very good. Uh, if anybody doesn't have any more uh, horror to talk about, uh, you got one, one more. I want to have one last uh, yeah, movie go to ahead, that. Dude. This being foreign and more of a modern depictation, do you, had you, have you guys seen Veronica? Uh-oh. That was a yeah, very Veronica, good depiction. Yeah, if you if yeah. you don't mind watching, uh, if you don't if you're not a person that minds subtitles, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A nice foreign yeah. take on it was. Oh, very okay. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. Well, very good. I think uh, we got everybody accounted for here. So did some good mayhem here tonight. So let's hit that outro, guys. Very angry there with Acheron. Fuck, fuck the yeah. ways of Christ. I don't know all about that, but uh, I figured some of our listeners might dig on that. I feel like if they understand Murder Metal Mayhem, we're kind of angry, but submissive still. <laughs> we, uh, when I was in Low 12, we did a fest with them yeah. in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, those dudes were like all fucking serious yeah, about that dude, shit, too. It. it wasn't like a gimmick. Like This dude was like really fucking they, creeping me out. Yeah. So are they like black metal? I, I don't I don't know. Kind of, yeah. I would say it's black metal. Yeah. But the bass player was fucking amazing. But man, they were they were just really weird dudes. So uh, yeah, really I don't, I don't obsessed do the, with that. I don't shit. do the black metal scene. Me wanna, either. Wanna, just Me in either. case, I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to burn in hell. Yeah, who the hell does? Yeah, right? there ain't no one other <laughs> other. You turn into dirt. <laughs> well, like just we said case. at the beginning, you know, there's everybody's got different beliefs, yeah. and I think that's what makes this topic interesting and want to say thanks to our friends in the black crypt podcast for coming out um Alex, really good Shannon, to see you guys Tucker, it'll be good yeah, to hang out hot. here yeah. after we're done and and have a few burgers and and laughs and and talk a bit before you guys head out but what's going on with you guys how do people get a hold of you and what are you guys doing what's coming up well, it's, as we were kind of joking about earlier, you can get a hold of us pretty much any way you want to try to. Uh, you can get a hold of us at our email, blackcryptpodcast at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at cryptpodcast uh, or just search Black Crypt Podcast. We have a Facebook, again, just search Black Crypt Podcast and it'll come up. Um, we, we do have an Instagram, kind of. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of the running joke that we it there. It's there if you want to find it. It's there. We may not be on it, but it's there. Yeah, I really take pictures of as of late. Yeah, but and as far as our actual podcast goes, uh, available on any podcast platform. You can get uh, you know the Google Play for now, obviously, Uh, Spotify iTunes, iTunes the, the, yeah, all, right. all, all, all of those kind That's of things. Awesome. Player, 
as far as stuff that's coming up uh so again we have our regular podcast that we do we try and release bi-weekly we're not there to the weekly podcast yet but sometimes we do have breaks in between depending on what's going on we have scream streams which is my wife tessa and i that we talk about current horror films currently streaming on the big three plus shutter yeah dude so we have hulu netflix amazon prime and shutter we have booze and booze which is alex's i love that i love that booze Booze and booze booze. is good yeah i love that booze and booze you can check that out that's uh, where people call in and actually talk about real life paranormal experiences we have horror cabinet which is completely dedicated to horror based video games and sometimes we uh, stretch that genre just a little bit but mostly horror based video games cool and uh, as far as uh, things that we're trying out we the scream streams i talked about before we're actually going to start doing a weekly or bi-weekly we haven't decided yet with like Netflix party or cast where everyone can come together and you log in. If you have a computer, you can log in and we're all going to watch the horror film together. And there is a chat function where we can chat nice. throughout the movie, talk about it. Talk about it. Oh, and then, cool. yeah, then we'll record scream streams the next day and, and give our thoughts on the movie that we watched. Plus whatever the audience in, in general was thinking. So oh, cool. Okay. That's pretty that's big. And then idea. the last thing is we do have a YouTube channel as well. Up until now, it's been kind of loosely moderated. We post a video every now and then but we're actually going to start putting our past library on youtube awesome. so that there's a lot of people out there that don't listen to podcasts whatsoever right. but they do check out youtube quite yeah. a bit so i want know. to check it out i want to see the visuals and all that shit. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and so there'll be some pictures and things to go along with it and it's just another platform that we can reach people on honestly that maybe aren't so keen on on right. listening to a podcast that's a great idea i've been wanting to do that too i've just been really busy but that would be good to do so very cool. Anything else you guys want to add? No? I think that pretty much... Well, right. awesome. It was good to have you here. And, of course, Joey Gormonger, great to have you, my friend. Yeah. It was cool having, you know, Black Crip with us because this is yeah, the most people different. we've had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got seven of us pretty much going right now with CK. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And that's yeah. a big discussion for us. And it's, it is. And I'm sitting here right. looking at all yeah. these tracks, and I'm, like, trying my best not to fuck this I'm up. I'm having a great so. night. Yeah. 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 No, it was yeah. awesome. So the bumper music tonight by Possessed, Electric Wizard, and Acheron. CK, your music, your intro music is by whom? None other than Chrysix. Fuck yeah, man. Still got to get a hold of those guys, see if they want to come on the show. Yeah. That'd be really cool, that actually. Awesome. That would be fucking pretty nice. I, th- I think they'd be into it. I think they would, too. I just got to get off my ass and get a hold of them. So, uh, Murder Metal Mayhem intro music, Chris, by who's Low that? No fucking 12, kill yeah, it. Yeah, hell yeah. And of course, uh, Chris, your uh, your PMP intro music by Jesus. Killer Karaoke or I Kill Karaoke, <laughs> uh, with a little help from ACDC it's there. A PMP so. man, I gotta piss sometimes. Hey, it's, it's a natural thing. Uh, go check out SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com for their incredible online catalog of silicone body parts, hands, feet, heads, fingers, and whatever else you desire. Tony has some amazing Ed Gein-inspired stuff like human skin lamps, aprons, and more. And so go check it out. Head yeah, it's on our table. Yeah, the it's head fucking on the spike with tentacles coming out of its mouth and going up its nose and ears is amazing. 
And Tony, you just outdid yourself Tony, tonight. Tony, so you thank you, my job. friend. I was not expecting that. Hell yeah. Yeah, spellboundeffectsandart.com. So thanks, everybody listening out there. We do appreciate that. We continue to dominate and see how many of you are getting your murder on each week with us. Makes us want to keep on going. Uh, got some listener comments here. Uh, Joey, you want to read that first one, man? Uh, Stacy Lesnar, 75, commented. It's so awesome you guys are doing your 100th episode. Congrats and horns high. And yeah, they've done a hundred of these fucking things. Yeah. And technically, this is number ninety-eight. We got two more to do in between before this. Right. We're recording yeah, this in the past. Oh, you just let the no, secret I mean, out. <laughs> I feel bad that I wasn't here for a month. Yeah. Month yeah a right. I was in jail for like a whole month. <laughs> CK. Special assignment. CK. What's uh, the second commenter there? Um, Roger Dodger six five six commented. You guys fucking rock. I was to you in Cincinnati. I love it. Nice. Yeah, Ohio. that's awesome, man. Ohio, we got some people listening in Toledo, thanks to Steph. Steph Her uh, like winning awesome. that contest seems to have yielded us some new listeners, so that's awesome. Uh, Chris, you want to read the, the next one there from uh, our we buddy? Got, we got our homeboy, Justin Morris, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Just seen him the other day. Cool. He said, uh, you guys don't lie, that Sugar Bay Doc was crazy. Yeah. It's I'm still afraid to watch the fucking thing. That is our present to everybody out there is go on Amazon Prime. I know you got nothing but fucking time on your hands, so go get something to eat. Yeah. Especially if you have something with Parmesan cheese with yeah. it. Go grab you, go Parmesan grab you cheese tea, and sit there and watch Goodnight Sugar Babe on Prime. You will thank us. And then you'll probably throw up because the Parmesan cheese will make you think of her nasty feet. I'm so up It's fucking disgusting. You might as well clip all your toes. Take all your clippings, put Parmesan cheese on and eat that while you watch it, bro. That's nasty. Holy fuck, that's gross. All right, Joey, what's the last one there, dude? Uh, Ramona D. Richland commented, I listen to the show on my commute and it makes the hour-long ride so much easier. And I figure now, since the shows are average around two hours, that you get yeah. a ride home, you get to listen that's to the true. Too. Yeah, we're at two hours and ten minutes right now. So. Special episode. Right? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. about the average. It is, really. We Shit, the Son of Sam was two and a half hours. So. But, no, that is awesome to listen to it on your commute. because that is. Yeah, great. that's very cool. Yeah. It's nice to hear. And don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to all of our 100 podcasts and bonus content. Also, go check out the Murder Metal Mayhem YouTube channel like you guys don't get with it enough. I need to. Uh, there's some good stuff yeah. on there, but I we need to put more things, on. Like, yeah, like, it's just hard to shit, stay dude. with it. Follow us on Twitter at Get Your Murder On and like us on Facebook. I had to destroy another karaoke song this, this week, obviously. So crank this one up, and until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And your fist wrapped around a crucifix, exercising the demons. Nice. Great.